0: Most notably, though, Farsight makes the Book of the Beast, which is very sus by Tau standards, because you're not allowed to write if you're in the Firecast, or play with Lego, or... Or <laughs> uh, read. Or e. read. You're allowed uh, you have guns. <laughs> when EnBraw catches the baby Firecast playing with uh, Megablocks, he's sending the drones your way Oh my so,
1: god. Oh, oh, my. Is this literally the meme of, like, Back when you were all reading, I was studying the blade. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so far as I getting allegations of being bad, yeah. Uh, because if you do something else outside of your cast, they don't like it.
2: Um, imagine like like in a high school, you know, you got like the what the Earth cast and like some Mechanicus. Is... Mm-hmm. Studying for some test, and then side comes and pushes them in the lockers. <laughs> you doing nerds reading? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Throwing their head in the toilet, and you yeah. See the was coming out of their weird nose? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Law Crimes. Today, on the Beginner to the Expert podcast, we are discussing something a little bit different than usual. We talk a lot about humanity and the Space Marines and all the other fun things that, you know, everyone loves about Warhammer, but occasionally we have to talk about, uh, you know, the stuff that is a bit more, you know, niche uh we've got to we got to cater to the weebs occasionally the so, weebs um, <laughs> no yeah. no it is the non-weeb tale either right? <laughs> awesome. and, and today we are talking we are talking about the uh uh the farsight enclave so we're talking about some dirty xenos uh,
2: yeah yeah let's go but
3: first okay everyone so what was the uh question last time and it was the hashtag law lies where you had to tell us some obscure lies about what was going on in the 40k universe um we've had some pretty good <laughs> spicy <laughs> I- I had a look through <sighs> this-, this is the thing there's it's always a joy to look through just all the responses and then try and pick some of the ones that we we particularly enjoyed um but I- i've picked out a a few very different ones of, of varying types of comedic prowess, shall we say. Um, so I'll start off with a very short and sweet but strong one from Irish, Whist- Irish Wrist Watch. Hashtag lies the Emperor's original crusade against AI, saw him named the Secunda Bomber. I think that one was quite oh. good. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh. his
1: name? That, that, that's a... <laughs> just, I, just... Oh, I need to sit down for my moment, <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> The Secunda Bomber. <laughs> famed, famed criminal, Todaius Kaczynskis.
3: Thing <laughs> is, mean, Eli mentioned him in a past um, episode, briefly, and I was like, yeah, that reminded me of Eli's, Eli's comment." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Good work, um, Irish
2: the, <laughs> Abominable intelligence has been a disaster for the human race.
3: That's right. <laughs> That's right.
2: its consequences.
3: <laughs> uh, right, we, we ready for another one
2: hit us hit us <laughs> it's, it's a lot of rip.
3: this one's a bit bit more fun uh, in, it's a bit less harsh but it's also fun it's from uh, Leyte22 and he said worst kept secret of the Imperium is that all the space wolves are secretly multiple Corgis stacked on top of each other in
2: a (laughs) 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 power suit. See, that's good, but I have to disagree, because Corgis are the best dog on the planet, and the Space Wolves are awesome. Corgis are are awesome. This is written by a British person. I mean, I like all dogs, but, you know, Corgis are amazing.
1: This is 100% written by a British person, because they know it was the queen who stacked all the corgis in the suit.
2: Well, you know what, mystery British person, you and your corgis rock on. Corgis are awesome. Oh my god. I had That's a fat cool, corgi named Rocky. He was the dumbest creature on the planet. <laughs> he was also fattest dog ever he, would, so he awesome. would get excited and run but when he would try and turn a corner he couldn't stop because he was so fat and dumb so he so would just basically... plow into the wall
3: <laughs> so oh you basically said he, he was a fluffy marshmallow with legs
2: or like I, uh, I think I think he was more like a bread loaf because when he would like, where he lays down his legs would just disappear so he just <laughs> looked like a bread loaf with <laughs> the head oh my <laughs> just God. into his body. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love that noise
1: was he, like, not very stealthy? Like, you could hear him breathing <laughs> from a Bible? Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, Whatever he moved, uh, he, he would just... And we took him on walks, like, we, didn't, you know, we didn't just overfeed him, we fed him what well, we've yes. always fed our dogs. We took him around. He was just... He just... Fat. <laughs> fat, dumb, <laughs> St- happy corgi. Stonk dog. Awesome. <laughs> He's living the life, dude. Dude, he was <laughs> the happiest little guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: man, this now is now
1: put him in space green armor. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, and the the last one I have picked out is from Stephanie Schwartz, which is hashtag Law lies. The worst kept secret in Warhammer. Is that Yvraine has actually not been spending the time since the fight with the demon recovering? She's actually spending every second letting Gilliman put his battle barge in her.
2: <laughs> <weaponry castle>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that joke was going the moment you said
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way those jokes do go. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Loki kind of true. I mean, though. I
3: mean, Colin's always whining we don't talk about the Eldar enough. So there we go. That's exactly <laughs> oh. what I
2: want. I got what I wanted out of these questions. You Truly really
3: infiltrated. Do
2: really <laughs> you think the so ultra chant like is playing Ghost. when Gilliman's smashing?
3: Oh, uh, no, I, I reckon it's, it's not that it's playing. I reckon he has an ultramarine choir standing at the side of the bed, <laughs> just encouraging him Just shouting theoretical and
1: practical. <laughs> oh oh my captain. gosh!
3: Or flat need to be a bit sharper in your intonation. Yes, my lord. Oh, oh your brain. My Um Oh, your Yvrain, <laughs> <laughs> I'm practically I'm
0: practically coming! Practical,
3: I am enjoying this very much. Oh, my no, no, theoretical, I am enjoying this very much. Practical.
0: I'm coming
3: anyway.
0: No, no, do do your give me a practical and a theoretical.
2: Theoretical, <laughs> Eldar and the humans cannot have children. Practical, only one way <laughs> no, no, to no. find out. Oh, God,
1: it's too early in the video.
0: Uh, hey, I, hey uh, stupid L, though. Let's, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
2: okay.
0: I don't want to hear it.
2: I end in shirts. Oh.
3: Well, we have um, a new question of the week, uh, themed specifically after today's uh, topic, and that question of the week is hashtag greater good for what is one aspect of 40K lore you would remove for the greater good. Uh, Controversial, dumb, or stupid answers only, please, and that's hashtag greater good.
2: The dumber the better. Uh, There's uh, one right
0: answer to this. (laughs)
3: All
2: right. May may I give my example answer for the crowd? Go ahead. Uh, I would remove everyone's knowledge of the emperor. Uh, I wouldn't remove the emperor, just everyone's knowledge of his existence. Uh, just because I think it'd be funny for mid-battle, a guardsman to be shouting, For the, yep, yeah, what? <laughs> and their brain just, like, just sh- blue screens for a like, What am I fighting for? What's going on? That would make an entire setting Awkward. <laughs> the traitor Legion's completely forget. Why are we rebelling? What happened? De- I know I hate them. Why do I hate them?
3: How would that affect the emperor's children? Because that's their battle cry, and it's also their name. There's no <laughs>
1: way we're shouting. Me? We're going to go fight Where's the children in
3: war They're just—they're
2: just, just called the apostrophe s children now.
0: <laughs> Ironically, I think the tower would win if that happened. <laughs>
2: The oh. Imperium breaks apart. There's nothing holding them together anymore.
0: The only thing that keeps people from joining the Tau is their belief in the Emperor. And even then, they still join the Tau all the time. So, frick. Freaking...
1: Oh, hmm. well, good point. Hopefully, we'll cover some of that. There's a lot of, of heresy going on here. we we'll hopefully
0: will cover you. The, the real Emperor.
2: Zeno w. Resounding <laughs> Zeno W.
1: Real, well...
0: real. 100, 100, fire emoji, fire emoji.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. Well, we'll be covering uh, some of the most recent uh, on Tower Enclave, sorry, Farsight Enclave law with uh, the Arcs of Omen stuff. So we'll hopefully see if we get the Emperor raised uh, later on in our discussions.
3: <sighs> okay, and with that done, uh, I believe uh, Hal, you're doing the beginner section this week. So uh, take it away.
1: Thank you very much, and I can't wait for Andy to suffer through <clears throat> this. If,
3: for if everyone. Put who... headphones in, listen to some, you know, Mariah Carey or something. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't Andy, know, Andy. I'll go ahead and so say Colin.
2: Andy's going to just be editing his own videos. He's done with Lord crimes. Officially
1: retired. For, the day. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, Andy is a Imperial simp. Um, so therefore, um, we're going to. He's strapped in as you are strapped in, and we'll be listening to Commander Farsight of the farsight enclaves Woo! a yeah. bit <laughs> excitement exciting boys <laughs> Some excitement.
2: He, he's, he's blue
1: he is in flat blue, blue um, indeed. i have a joke about that later but we'll get to uh well, let's just Stop start her. off we'll start off easy we'll start off slow here and then we'll get um a little bit heretical a little bit uh separatist shall we say um but Let's just start right at the beginning, and this is the character Commander Farsight. Now, you might be thinking, Farsight is, seems like a very um, normal name, perhaps, for a Xenos, and that's because it's not his real name. And you have to excuse me here whilst I flub and I absolutely butcher his true name. I think Eli might have to come in with, like, you know, an assist here. Oh, but his true name, which actually is Titles... His name is Chas O. Viola Schover Kais Monture. So he's got a he's got a bit, he's got a bit of a title uh, thing going. Yeah,
3: sounds uh, like a German car Mont- factory.
1: It does sound like something that's been yelled at me on
2: a holiday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I can say that without getting cancelled. Um, Perhaps
2: for saying that all in one go.
1: I know. Uh, that, I practice that by the way. So if you're new to Warhammer, you're probably thinking, what the hell is going on? So Commander Farsight, it comes from the species of the Tau. And you're probably thinking, who are the Tau? The Tau themselves are a Xenos race that hail from the Ultima Segmentum within the sort of Warhammer uh, universe slash Milky Way galaxy. Uh, About 6,000 years ago in the 35th millennium. So, obviously, we're set in 40k. Um, It was sort of first discovered by an Adeptus Mechanicus Explorer fleet. They found this, uh, I'll say, pretty crappy homeworld, uh, the homeworld of Tau. Funny enough, that will come up again. Um, And they found this Xenos race, and it was extremely primitive. They were dull creatures. They were at a Stone Age level, supposedly. They commented saying they'd only ever like mastered fire um some of us here obviously we're all warhammer fans watching behind our comfy desks so maybe some of these tower a little bit more useful in the wild than some of us um not calling anyone out there uh, ignore that
2: um, he's, he's making fun of me because i die in the wild in 10 minutes <laughs> 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 there's mean, no right? insulin plant barry his pancreas
0: how far we have free insulin
1: <laughs> all is all is covered by the greater good. I thought we need the um. If everyone here seen Hot Fuzz, but you know the greater good. We just need like that to yeah, come yeah. up every time. Everyone just has <laughs> to say the greater good, I the greater good.
3: Uh, the old the old lady but uh, behind the, uh, the 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 check in at the hotel just being like. Fascist, and it's just the emperor just going hag and just shooting like, hag. <laughs> <laughs> oh that movie's good
1: it has the guy who was the um the hound in uh game of thrones didn't it but before he was like Yarp. he just says Yarp.
3: oh um, is that him how do you mean and it's funny. got Bill bailey in it as a twin it's great morning angle anyway i, I
2: should see this movie
3: it's movie. you haven't seen oh, oh my, please come on okay I mean, what movies, do
2: you
1: Oh, I'm going to move on from that, because I'm just going to get upset. Um, yeah,
2: let's, let's move on.
1: That's what you get for a, a Xenos-loving man. Um, so the Tau themselves were, obviously, with most of the way the Imperium works, it was like it was about to get crunked immediately, cleanse the way for humanity. But no, this was not their fate, because behind a warp storms, uh, sorry, behind warp storms, this kind of isolated homeworld would be trapped and only be until the 41st millennium that the Imperium would, unfortunately to Andy's just pure hatred, uh, they would discover ah. a spacefaring Xenos race. And for the Tau themselves, I mean, we often joke, they're the cowmen, and we'll explain a little bit why. Um, the Tau themselves are actually a multi-species uh, caste system, the actual ones that come from the homeworld of Tau themselves. Uh, they do look kind of humanoid, I'd say. Some of them, obviously, are vastly different, but today we'll be focusing on the fire cast, which is the cast that Commander Farsight himself comes they, from.
0: You know, they breathe through that weird slit in their forehead. Oh, That's what it does? Yeah. Like breathe through it. Oh, huh, I did not know that. Anyways, me. anyways, keep going.
1: It's like headbutting them, like choking them. In Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, moving on. Um, so... The tower themselves, they have many, obviously, different uh, species and subspecies, but they mostly have some shared features, such as blue skin. Um, if you're imagining Blue Man Group, uh, that's an old reference there now, but they kind of look like Blue Man Group, but a lot of them. Uh, they often have, like, hoofed feet. Um, I made a, a little, I guess, uh, assumption that they probably definitely watch Sword Art Online, uh, like Colin. Um, I'm going going to kick your ass (laughs) (laughs) He has seen it by the way people
2: Um,
1: Someone did put a comment Never
2: seen Sword Art Online
1: (laughs) Someone made a comment on like a previous uh, Podcast episode like they said Stop talking about Sword Art Online And come here for Sword Art Online Uh, Shout out to you Greg
2: Um, (laughs) of all the things to make fun of before and there are many you choose one of the few weeb things i'm not into i know but this is a weeb focus episode so
1: you're at home here um so the tau themselves as i said a little bit there uh they are much a caste system but the subspecies of the tau are very much isolated into all these uh classes and like they have particular roles themselves so uh the firecast themselves are the warrior class. Um, all of that change I put here when the fire nation attacked because of the other fire cast. and this firecast themselves are a little bit taller than some of the more like stouter and like short like earth cast themselves. They are a mu- bit more muscular. Definitely not as mus- as muscular as a hu- Is that the right word? Muscular as a human. I think uh, even an average weeb could probably like take one in a one-on-one fight. Oh, okay, yeah, saying You're, ta-
3: You're Saying that the Tau skip leg day, of course they do. Uh, they probably do.
0: These are pretty shad. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, they are like
3: yeah, yeah, they do can have can jungle fighter. Just like you call them muscles.
2: They they um, they're both strength three on the tabletop, so it can go either that's way. True.
1: Yeah, they they're a little bit shorter. They they're like short kings. Let's say my short king Tau. and. The firecast themselves—they lived on the plains of Tau, and they were originally like nomadic hunters, warriors. They often like fought between themselves. They're pretty aggressive, and this was all again. This all changed with the Tau species when the mysterious ethereal cast came, and they united all of Tau and turned it into this spacefaring xenos race that it's known for in the forty-first millennium. And this is where we get to perhaps the giggiest of chads if that's the right way of saying it uh this is where we get farsight and farsight i put here as a reference to beloved colin he's basically the arbiter from halo uh and you'll, <laughs> you'll basically see why it kind of follows that story a little bit is, i don't know if that's is that is that, is that right colin is that, is that something? i mean i
2: i can see some connections there are now that you mention it i can see some connections uh, however, Thel Vadim is at a whole other level of awesome than Farsight, I must say. Well, hopefully
1: we're going to change your opinion of that. So Farsight himself was, of course, not born as the legend that he became. Uh, he's originally just born as Shas or Shas-O, uh, basically just saying he was born in the Tau-Set world of Viola. And what was special about this unique well, not really unique, actually, but this Fire Warrior was that he was a little bit of a cut above the rest. Obviously, he's Xenos. Sorry, Andy. Uh don't mean to... He's not as good as humans, of course. Ooh. Boo-boo. Ooh. Um, terrible. Um But what was unique about the Firecast Warrior that would become Farsight was that he'd learned from his mistakes, which many of us do not do. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. Uh, definitely. So his ability to uh, self-analyze and to improve was a cut above the rest. And this led him to sort of gaining a meteoric rise through the firecast ranks. And this obviously would come up, his ability to be a little bit uh, better, a bit stronger to learn from his mistakes. That would all come to uh, be on display as we get to some of his like, more notable wars as he began to get older. Unfortunately, Tau don't live as long as humans, but Farsight has... Let's say he's, he's, he's been around long enough and there are reasons uh, why he lives so long. So he kind of made a name for himself in the... Excuse me if I mispronounce this. The Akashuana War? Akashuana War? Akunashya.
3: Akunashya.
1: Uh, the um The Emu War of uh, Australia. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh was editing that. Has to put a picture of an emu, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, this was kind of the Tau Empire's first true meeting with the orc species. They'd, as in, this is the first like time they actually had to fight uh, on a scale they had never really experienced before. And after like many battles, uh, the firecast warrior that would become Farsight, he. Uh, Stood out from the crowd, shall we say. He became a symbol for the Tau forces. And much of the ethereal cast, they actually uh, allowed this to happen because there's nothing as inspiring as uh, Tau man who crunk orcs uh, beautifully, shall we say. And what was also uh, incredible about him was that his ability to obviously learn from his mistakes meant that Farsight was one of the first to actually uh, truly write down how... Uh, battle Doctrine would be used to fight Orcs for even long after he is no longer with the Tau Empire. And then some more notable things that happened to Commander Farsight as he grew older and he kept slaying, shall we say, you know, Yars Queen. He's on the runway. Um, <laughs> so he was also involved in famously the Damocles Crusade, which was the first contact of the Tau Empire with the Imperium of Man. Um Ooh. I know. I know. Pooh. So sorry, for Andy.
3: The and the White Scars, baby.
1: They,
2: uh,
1: I say everyone got bloodied in that one. Uh, we'll go into that in a bit yeah. more later. And you this
2: came out worse. <laughs> uh,
0: debatable. Debatable. We'll
3: yeah,
1: see. We'll see. This, this is for the greater good, shall we say? The greater good. Um, and this was the first conflict where there was some tension between. Farsight and the Ethereal cast, and this will be a big theme, generally throughout his story. And there's actually many events that happened in the Damocles Crusade and Damocles Gulf, which is a location uh, near the Tau homeworld, but we'll get more into that later. And this kind of accumulated and this kind of tension between Farsight and the Ethereals led to the incident at Arthur's Moloch, which was the genesis of much of what happened in his story. And it was on the world of Arthur's Moloch. Uh, there were some orcs involved. It was a bit spicy. Uh, the Imper- there had been fights with the Imperium. Farsight was obviously just absolutely cr- you know, crushing it. And this is where they eventually would find demons would emerge on this world. And the Tau themselves are a very ignorant race. So this was just not expected. And it ended up killing all of the Ethereals on this expedition. And this is also kind of, (laughs) yes, everyone, (laughs) more Xenos death. And this was where Farsight found his iconic blade. If anyone has seen the model of him, he has that gorgeous uh, Dawn blade. We'll get more into that later. And this also led to the famous breaking away from Tao society with Farsight kind of rejecting the overlordship of the ethereal caste, which led to the birth of the Farsight enclaves, like it's i guess they're like kind of like the good guys i don't know what everyone else thinks maybe about yeah, them. yeah the good guys maybe they're kind of the better uh go ahead colin
2: so probably about as close as you can get to in this setting because mm-hmm. it like farsa doesn't really do anything he's not a warmonger he doesn't mm-hmm. seek to conquer he just kind of he sits in his quarter and says just leave me alone That's all i want
0: <laughs> he's been getting a little little sus lately but we'll talk about
3: make, that in the future may i make an observation about what you just said so you, you said he found a sword that was not made by the Tao, and then he left the Tao. So what you're saying is, Farsight is the coolest Tao by how much he rejects everything about the Tao and doing yeah, his own thing. Amazing. You,
1: know, you could you could say that. You know. that. That's a that's a definitely someone's opinion. Socially
2: and culturally, yeah. <laughs> he is he's still aware that Tao Empire very strong. Still good well. He still believes in technology.
1: He um, he's kind of like. He's a guy who goes away for, like, university or college. And he's come back a little different. Oh, so um, on a gap
3: year, is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. A <laughs> long gap year.
1: He's grown his hair out. Uh, he's rocking, like, a tash for some he's reason. Some the
3: equivalent of, like, getting dreadlocks done for the Tao. Like, yeah, it's a new look. Do you like it? And they're like, uh... I've just really
1: found myself. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's, uh, he's been in a bit of a role, shall we say. And with the breaking away from uh, main Tao society and his rejection of the ethereal cast... This is the birth of the Farsight Enclaves, which is ruled essentially by uh, Commander Farsight and, I, I guess, like a ruling uh, elite. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> really bad, but like it's uh, it, it's different from the Tau Empire, and we'll get more into its uniqueness, shall we say? And this is completely avoided uh, any sway or influence from the Ethereal cast, and it's still following the Greater Good, as Eli mentioned. But it's a unique faction that uh, will be. Talking a bit more and a bit more in depth about him as we progress into the expert sections. Does anyone have any questions before we move on or any kind of thoughts other than uh Xenos hate, Andy?
3: Well not anymore, now you've said that. All right. Fairly <laughs> he's he's like I'm doing my thing. Tough stuff, man. Tough crowd. I was gonna <laughs> ask how many tau does it take to change it, but no, now you've said that, okay.
1: All of them. They all work together. Oh,
2: wow. A lot yeah, less for probably. the
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> Change the bright bulb for the greater good. The greater good. So now I pass over to Eli to talk about something e- he's. He, he Eli loves his Xenos For anyone who's kind of new, right,
0: uh, debatable. Oh, well, you, you could say what was it? Um, I have oh, a love hate relationship with Xenos I, I I do like the Tav. I do like the like
3: Tav, and I love hate the you, Eldar. And you don't love him as much as oh, I love Gene Steelers Spanish. That's
0: true. I'm I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. I love Gene Steelers <laughs> So we'll say the true emperor. Don't worry about it.
1: Well, no four-armed emperor today, unfortunately. And but... actually,
0: I really like I really like Necrons. So just don't listen to me. I, like... <laughs> <laughs> I just
3: love Necrons you are know. the true rulers of the galaxy. Like, I love this xenos. I love this. I love chaos. It's like anything that's like heretical. I love it. Everything
0: is lie. I just love I just love Warhammer. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I,
2: I like the funny tabletop guys. What can yeah, I say? I have
0: a hard time <laughs> hating. I have a hard time hating on any specific faction. I just like it too much.
1: Unless they're... Um, oh, who's the dwarves now? What are they called? Okay. Of yeah. yeah I, don't I, don't, even I don't want to I'm talk... Yeah.
0: Towards them. I'm I more like just that they made a new faction before updating all of the old ones. <laughs> they, uh, plastic Phoenix Lords! Give me my Plastic Phoenix Lords! Oh, no! <laughs>
1: um, speaking, of, about- <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of... Tau, um, I'll pass over to Eli to helm our expert section
0: as we talk about Commander Farsight. Take it away. Yeah, All right. Uh, Farsight is probably top three favorite characters in all of Warhammer for me. Maybe top five, it's hard to say. I like Warhammer so much. I will apologize to the viewers, because in order for this episode to not be three hours, we kind of have to skim through things kind of quickly. But I'm going to try my best to be detailed. Uh... Farsight is one of the three Tao that you're allowed to like, uh without being a weeb. Otherwise <laughs> I got bad news for you. If you, you can like Farsight, you can like Anchi, and you can like uh Case. That's it. The other ones are just they're cringe, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Mummy you, like, Shadow are Sun. Are a
3: Darkstrider fan? I was going to say Shadow <laughs> Sun is the one I get. I get like occasionally hear about. and I'm like, oh, cringe. <laughs> Ugh, Shadow Sun.
0: She can be kind of cool. All she is, Jim, bro, Ethereal, who fights in close combat. And Case mm. is just like the most OP character in all of Warhammer.
2: <laughs> he's Doom uh, guy, just blue.
0: Yeah, uh, you should read Fire Warrior if you haven't. It's a really old book, but I love it. Um, he solo's like entire space marine squads and stuff is ridiculous he's so he's too epic but we're not talking about him today we'll talk about him in the future maybe Speaking if i'm lucky enough so Sho or shova i guess first name was born on viola which is basically Cadchan, but for tau except Cadachan for tau is like 150th of what Cadchan actually is i guess because you know Catishans are a lot cooler than Tau, I'm not going to lie. But the Orleans are famous for their hot blood in this. They pride. It's a firecast planet. They're very speedy. Great warriors. Uh, it's very hot there. The weather is pretty intense. And every two years it goes through a trial by fire which is a very big firecast thing. And there's like plasma storms and stuff. Uh, they're very famous for their anger, which Farsight's anger burns very bright. It's one of his biggest flaws probably, but also a big strength, I guess you could say. Uh, he has a pretty classic prodigy backstory. You know, he's started training the moment he could walk like every Firecast Warrior. He starts his training early, three years early to be exact. Um, he becomes known amongst his peers very quickly and he gains the nickname "Show," which means Inner Light. Uh, he's, yeah, it's, it's a classic prodigy story, nothing overly fancy. Top of his class, gets in trouble with the instructors because he's uh, unorthodox and kind of wacky, etc., etc. But he graduates. Way, which... Yeah, yeah. He graduates under Pure Tide. Like, Pure Tide doesn't teach them, but Pure Tide oversees their training. Uh, Pure Tide is a famous Tau commander who was part of the second sphere expansion, if I remember correctly. And he's basically just Tao uh, Sun, Sun Zhu, Sun however you say that. Is this uh, kind of uh, like a Heart, um, Heart of War guy? Is this like he's uh, like
1: Far Sight, like Zuko, and he's like. The uh, pure tide, like Uncle iroh I guess it's kind of he's not, a bit kind it, of we we don't. There's no ang, yet but like that's how oh, it kind pure of say tide. It.
0: Pure tide wrote the Tao Art of War. That, let's just say that he's ooh. Anyways, you know, next after graduating from the baby fire cast, you join the regular fire cast and you serve for four years as a shaz la. If I have that correct, a la rank, uh, which is just basic foot soldier. And Farsight quickly proves himself to be very mm, efficient and good at his job. Everyone's crazy about him. He's very—he surprises everyone because he fights so close up and he's so fast. He's always fast to take the advantage whenever possible. And his skill with a pulse rifle in close range is like insane and never seen before. So his overseers and other higher ups start placing him in the like thickest fighting and the most dangerous war zones to kind of test him. And he starts leading his squad, basically, even though he's not a we yet. Uh, eventually, you know, fighting, blah, blah, blah. Goes to his first trial of fire, which is the fire castaway of promotion, basically. You have to go through this test, and if you pass it, you get promoted. Uh, of course, the test is pretty intense and violent, and his overseers, once again, maybe the ones in the past who are a little salty that he passed their tests so easily, and he outsmarted them all the time. They put him in a simulation uh, in which the simulation, he sacrifices himself, and in order to pass the test, he has to die. And his squadmates, who also died, would pass the test, and those who didn't sacrifice themselves did not pass the test. Uh, he he was also a thing in his training. He was popular for getting around all of his teacher's tricks, and he would basically try to see into their minds. He would think of all the tricks that he would place as a teacher, and then plan accordingly. And I guess he's one of the only intuitive Tao to exist if he's the only guy doing that, but whatever. The only intuitive uh, Tao Christ <laughs> alive. Um who, who, Oh yeah, so then he gets promoted to Wii rank or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give great. him
3: a Nintendo Wii. What? I thought there was <laughs> said, has... No weebs, what? right? No weebs in this uh-huh. story. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Um
0: but aside from that, he eventually Gets the honor of donning the hero's mantle, which is a battle suit. And in order to kind of get him to put himself under control, get his temper under control and his violence under control, they put him in the broadside teams, which he's quite disappointed about when he first shows up for duty. Uh, And he's put with this fellow named Oblatai, who becomes one of his best friends in the future. Uh, Oblatai is just like this veteran... Shaz if I have that correct. Shaz or... No, I don't think he's a Shaz, though. I think he's a Shaz And so basically, he teaches uh, Sho how to be patient and fight at a long range and not be crazy. He shows him the ropes. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Sho gets the nickname of Young Executioner in this time as he's just massacring things with his big gun. He hates being a broadside, though, because... As one of the broadside, you stay in the back while younger, less experienced, less equipped warriors do all the hard work for you, basically, and you're just a support role. So it kind of hurt him a lot to do that. So then we move on to the Iraqi War, which I guess was part of his training with Albutai as well. But he goes through a... or Sorry, he gets promoted to a... Whatever the bodyguard rank is, I guess he's probably a Shazria at this point. He's a bodyguard to Commander Dawnstone. And he's he's just too good. He's too good. Uh, so they put him through another trial by fire so that he can become a Shaz... It might be shazel, Something like that. But they put him through another trial by fire. And this time, they're returning from this fight on the ship. And the ship is invaded by Arakan skitterlings, which are like ripper swarms, basically, for Tyranids. And Sho puts, puts his body in the way... Of the door and holds off the skitterlings and is like eaten alive and goes to this horribly painful death, uh, but it's all faked again. As Tau simulations are crazy, and he gets promoted again because he did his job so well. It, they were testing him and he was a good job. I have to so say the commander in training. I have to say by the way, like Tau, like VR chat is yeah. really <laughs>
1: different. It reminds me it of, it, it it, like, I've only ever seen a clip of it where a guy, like, is just saying in a VR chat room, wow, my granddad stormed the beaches of Normandy and I'm here <laughs> in VR chat. <laughs> oh, Christ.
0: Well, in this time, him and Commander Dawnstone, uh launched some really good Montecost strikes. Matka Monte-ca is Firesight's favourite way of war that he later learns to master under Commander Tide, and, I guess, put into his name because he's so good at it. Uh, Monkot is basically like a spearhead strike. Uh, kind of like what the Black Legion does. Teleport strike, kill the enemy leader in one swift stroke. And hopefully things go right, because if they don't, then you have to run away or you die, basically. But he's very good at it. Very swift, very fast. So he does that for a while. And then he goes and trains with Commander Peertide. He climbs up Mount Kanji, goes through a whole lot of trials there. And he trains with uh, Shaz. Shazaira, Commander Shadow Sun, is that, that's who that is, and Case. They become friends, for the most part. Case and Shaz are both kind of like, I don't know, they're, they're both very quiet individuals, and they're both kind of crazy, especially Case, he doesn't even see himself as a, like, living being anymore, he's just a weapon. But Case masters the way of Mont. oh my gosh, I forgot the name, feels bad, man. Uh, he He's the one-man army, whichever one that was was called. I unfortunately forgot what it was, apparently. sorry with the Mots, though. Uh, Monat, Monat, that's what it is. Shadows on Master's Kaion, Kaion, sorry, which is the way of the patient hunter. <laughs> and this is basically what it says. You lay in wait when the enemy comes. You jump out and you kill them. It's very patient. It's very less uh, casualty-inducing than something like Mots' Ka. But so it's, they've
3: ripped off the raven guard, Tap tap tap. Yeah,
0: it's just like regular um, strategies that you would think of, but they're just put into Tau words. There's, there's a lot of Tau words that I don't know. You have to forgive me. I speak English, not Tau. So. No
2: worries. <laughs> As we all know, the raven guard invented the concept of stealth. <laughs>
0: uh, no one yeah.
2: figured it out before them.
0: Yep. So Farsight becomes a master of Matka under Tide's tutelage. And he gets sent off, basically. Uh, unfortunately, Shadow Sun and Case get put into stasis. But I guess, let's see. I believe the the uh, oh, I'm trying to remember if the Damocles Crusade happens with them. And it, yeah, it does. It totally does. Anyways, sorry. So we go to Arkanasia. Arkanasia is this wacky rust planet with rust storms that are seeming like some of, like there's murder mump sorry murmurs that these Rust Storms are sentient, almost. The Ethereals, of course, say no to that. That's just ridiculous, uh, and superstition's wrong, and there's no gods. You know, the whole Emperor to Horus
3: spiel, and we all know how that yeah. went. Um, yeah, and they couldn't be- fact, elect one person. They're like, right, we're all going to just have, like, seven of them go, yeah, yeah, gods. Fact, spoiler Spoiler alert. Um, the Farsight Rebellion
0: is basically, it happens for the same reason of the whore's heresy almost as a, they just told them about chaos. It probably wouldn't have happened
1: as a slight aside as well, just for if someone is new to Warhammer, the Tau themselves, when they had their caste system, we've briefly touched on it. The ethereal Castes are the ruling caste, oh, and they years. are, they're very much like just the way Tau society works is you just follow your set path. Like even then, like, you correct me if I'm wrong Eli isn't it their, their name like even Farsight's name is literally just like the job he does and it'd be like someone he, saying my name is like where I live so like almost like you know I am London uh, cleaner I am
3: Norwich Broom Sweeper yeah it's like that yeah, yeah. Norwich basically, Broom basically, Sweeper basically, I'm
2: not gonna lie I mean to be fair how many medieval like peasants were named Smith oh it's true to be Oop. fair yeah
1: is there equivalent yeah. in like Halo Colin of like I'm not as familiar, but it's like I'll see, there's like a slight hint of like, what's meant to like a communist influence uh, very I don't
2: sp- know, off the top of my head I don't believe there's anything super similar, although the elites uh, they do add the suffix E to their names uh, once Ooh. they join the military uh, so the arbiter's name is Thelvetom, uh, oh. but when he joins the military, he's thelvetom that's kind of cool he's voiced by keith david who is is amazing in community wonderful
3: the
0: theories are like the theories are like yeah the covenant and the tower are basically the same thing if the tower I mean the covenant are a little bit more cooler a little little bit meaner
3: yeah and the space marines activating grunt birthday party when they're going to fight
0: (laughs) the tower Yeah. yeah basically they're conglomerate of xenos just like the covenant and the prophets are like literally copy paste ethereals. Not gonna, I mean, I guess other way around. The ethereals
1: aren't questioned like at all, though, in Tao society. Like, uh, to they the have to absolute
0: authority. And questioning the ethereals uh, is like unheard of. And Farsight does it more than once before he becomes a traitor. Because he's such and a hothead.
2: And the ethereals. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, you first.
3: I was just going to say, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I've heard. Possibly propaganda that they have like a pheromone or something that they use to control the pots. Still, like, unconfirmed technically, Uh, I think uh,
2: that's like the theory. More or less, what I was going to say. They smell so good that yeah, they, they mind control everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they distribute get... links Africa
3: to all oh. these <laughs> yeah. Axe got body got the... spray for Americans. I was going to say, yeah, they've got They're the perfect awesome. yeah, axe yeah, that's, body that's, that's spray. Probably more no, like no, the space. No. space. It's like, right, we're going to off to war. Get the axe out. <laughs> 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 that's how they <laughs> counter
2: the mind control. They bombard the planet with axe bombs.
3: <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> okay, so
0: where was I? Arkunasha. Or to the Orcs, they call it Orcunash, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, um, come but... on, Orcs. I love Orcs, to be yeah. fair. They're such good uh, relief, comic, uh, comic relief.
0: I, I could not find my Far Side Enclave supplement book, so I couldn't read the whole Conflict, which I was really sad about because it has cool lore. But basically, from what I remember, the Tao people are are all in domes because you can't really survive outside. Otherwise, you, just, you live in a Mad Max world and you breathe dust and you die and there's sentient rust storms all around and now there's orcs on National. and they're overrunning the place and they're like slaughtering tao and farsight shows up and becomes the hero of National, which is one of his titles one of his names and i believe this is also this is also where he gets the name farsight if i remember correctly because he becomes famous for reading the enemy and knowing what they're going to do before it happens and counterattacking them before they even know what they're going to do he's jotaro or whatever, one of them. The guy who says <laughs> and now you'll say Yeah, Joseph, That's joseph, joseph? joseph yeah. the best one. Yeah, he's Joseph Jostar. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> um he literally fights battles where it's like hundred to one, a thousand to one, like insane odds. And he wins all the time, but it's still like a grinding, horrible war. And he's there for ten Tau seer, which is basically ten human years which is like one-sixth of a Tau's life. They only live to like 60, 70-ish. They have a pretty low lifespan. You can They can ah. get uh, they can't get surgery similar to Imperials. They can't be like immortal though, like the Imperial surgeries can. They'll probably die eventually.
3: <laughs> I'm just imagining the custo- a custodian looking at him and I'm just doing that meme where it just says, pathetic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has some really epic battles on Arkunasha. We won't talk about them today in detail, unfortunately. But yeah, he's Farsight's freaking so cool. If you somehow magically get the chance to pick up the old Farsight Enclave supplement book, you should. But I mean, I'd be surprised if you could. I'm just really bad at pirating things, so I couldn't find it. Uh, we don't endorse <laughs> that on Law Crimes.
1: So I'm just saying that now <laughs> before we get in trouble. We it. are
3: redacting that statement.
0: <laughs> we
1: buy all of our Warhammer books. GW. Actually, a
3: surprising amount, I'm not gonna
0: lie. I don't because I, I, I'm technologically illiterate. But
2: I think, listen, a, a yeah. criminal came into Eli's house and downloaded all of these free <laughs> Warhammer <laughs> torrents <laughs> and
0: sword
2: so <laughs> online.
0: <laughs> and,
3: uh, uh, I'm gonna so be left. in
2: three weeks from the date of this recording, Hal. I'm gonna be in England. I'm gonna come Whoa.
3: kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: gonna film it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now,
0: if I remember correctly as well, here Farsight also uh, Farsight invents the way of the short blade or the way of the broken sword. Those are two different things. I think Mont is the way of the short blade, and then Farsight creates the way of the broken sword, which is basically just fighting more than 100 meters away from your enemy. Whoa, crazy, crazy, don't do that, bro. You can't do that around. <laughs> <there>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so when you said the way of the broken sword, I thought you were going to say, and then you have to go into a room and you have to find lots of disparate items and then see what you can combine <laughs> to solve a puzzle. But that's a very obscure reference well, to an old game.
0: Most notably, though, Farsight makes the Book of the Beast, which is very sus by Tau standards because you're not allowed to write if you're in the fire Firecast. Or play with Lego, or <laughs> or, like, read. Or, yeah, or read. You're all illiterate. Uh, <laughs> you have guns. <laughs> when Al-Paw catches the baby Firecast playing with uh, Mega Blocks, he sending in the drones. Your way. Oh so my god! god. Oh, oh my.
1: is this literally the meme of like back when you were all reading? I was studying the blade. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's called, it's called Vash- yeah, which means uh. between spheres. And so Farsight starts getting allegations of being bashed, yeah. Because if you do something else outside of your cast, they don't like it.
2: Um, Imagine like there's like in a high school, you know, you got like the what the Earth cast and like some mechanic is studying front of some test, and then Farside comes and pushes them in the lockers. <laughs>
3: you doing <a> nerds reading? <laughs> it's their head in the toilet. And you can yeah, see the other, it
2: was coming out of their weird
3: nose.
0: <laughs> so. Farsight, in this Book of the Beast, he deciphers the orc language even more sus. You can't you can't just do that. You can't do the water cast job, bro. That's whack. Uh, otherwise, we'll return to the Mont Tau, and everyone's going to kill each other again, and we're all going to die. Oh, yeah, so uh, basically, in the Tau's past, they were all killing each other because they were so, the cast are so different than the Ethereals came from nowhere and fixed everything overnight magically. You know, it's with not the,
2: suspicious at all. With the brilliant idea of, how about you don't stab each other? Yeah, Just basically. for five minutes.
0: Yeah. Basically, the Firecast and the Earthcast were killing everyone. <laughs> because the Firecast were the only guys who could lift a rock, and the Earthcast were the only guys who could put two sticks together. So, naturally, and the water. The diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. The, the magic, the really good diplomats and the really good uh, airplane flyers weren't so great when there was no airplanes to fly and no diplomacy to be had. Um, so, the Ethereals fixed it, and now you're not allowed to do anything that your cast wouldn't normally do. So don't play with legals. They're on Vas. Literally gonna kill you. Oof. So <laughs> he makes the book of the beast, which yeah, he gets allegations of Vashia for, but it's basically uh, I don't know. It's, it's really huge. It makes them understand the orcs. At least the orcs they fight on Arkunasha. They're in for a bit of a nasty surprise when they find the cunningly brutal orcs instead of the brutally cunning orcs, because they only understand the brutally cunning orcs right now. He also discovers that um, the biggest orcs are the leaders. So they start killing the biggest orcs. Yeah. They win Arcu- they, yeah, they win on Arkunasha. Or sorry, they don't <laughs> Farsight doesn't win. He actually gets cucked pretty hard. My pardon the language, I guess. Uh <laughs> he He dons the red armor, though, that's where the red armor comes from, is Arkunasha, because it's a red rust planet. So he dons the armor. Um in the book, him and Bright Sword and Bravestorm, who become part of the eight leader, and I think all the time... They're all chilling on a hill, and it's the climax of the war, and the, the war can be tipped with the balance of one Hunter cadre, which is like a formation of um, units of warriors for the Firecast, and they're awaiting these reinforcements, and this Orca drops down, and is like, all right, you can fit like a few units of Crisis Battlesuit to like, a couple commanders, and that all that's all he needs to win this war that he's been fighting 10 years for. Um, and unfortunately, all that comes out of the Orca is GigaChad, Anchi, and with his two ethereal guards. And is the only ethereal that Farsight really ever has a connection with. And he, like, he's a real one, basically, Farsight says. He can tell that he's genuine. And that even when he's delivering bad news, his, like, smile makes it all better and he's a nice guy. He also, he fights Orcs 1v1 in close combat, which is freaking epic. Um... Yeah, he basically comes to Farsight, and he says there's going to be no reinforcements, and it's time to go. Sucks, bro. And that's it. No one knew how to say no to the Ethereals at this point, so they all leave the war. And unfortunately for them, if you leave Orcs, you know, the Orcs just come back and repopulate really quickly. The Firecast does come back to Arcanasha and wins, though which perhaps proves Farsight's point correctly that they could have just won then and there with some reinforcements. And this is the first time of a bit of a pattern that the Ethereals don't give reinforcements to Farsight, but it gets a lot worse in the future. So he comes back from Arkunasha, and bam, the Imperials are there now, because the Goofy uh, Tau expanded a little too far into the Damocles Gulf and took some Imperial planets. planets. Yeah. They took some lightly defended Imperial planets, and the Scarlords and the Ultramarines, if I have that correctly, were sent to go dispatch the Tau and kill them. And they like steamroll the first few planets, and then they come to a grinding halt at Delith, one of the Core Sept worlds. Uh, Farsight and Shadow Sun battle the Imperials here, and Farsight kind of like baffles them, because, you know, the Tau fight at long range, and now all of a sudden this guy is fighting at short range, and he's really fast. What the heck do we do about that? So, he fights a real good war against the Imperials. And, technically, the Tau win. Technically! But, uh, it's only because I-Fleet, Leviathan or Behemoth or whatever, Tyranid High Fleet, uh, entered the galaxy and was going towards the Imperium. And so the Ultramarines and Scarlords have more important things to do they have bigger fish to fry <laughs>
3: they, uh, they got an assist that's all they got yeah. <laughs> just so, five points instead of a full 10. yeah so they
0: negotiate a peaceful like kind of peaceful i guess retreat and the water cast tells everyone that hey we won woohoo but in reality the imperium was very close to breaking dilith and if they broke dilith because it was a war of attrition and the imperium doesn't lose wars of attrition um and then they probably could have just gone into the Tau Empire and literally destroyed all of it. So were for, for the like, Tyranids, oh, how the many Tao... people
3: can we send? Like, ten. Oh, that'll do. Yeah. We can't spend two. We've got more <laughs> important wars to fight. We'll just send this many. Oh, is it, is it a bit of a pain? We'll come back later. It's fine.
0: <laughs> so if the Tyranids didn't show up, the Tau Empire might not exist right now. Not gonna lie. Maybe not to that extreme of an extent, but I don't know. Farsight has some epic battles, though, and they record all of them, and they play Farsight's battle with his bros pretty consistently throughout all the town squares and stuff for, like, the next... well, forever, basically. Uh, Farsight becomes, like, a complete hero, and Shaz Shazera doesn't get much attention because, obviously, Kalyan strikes and whatever are a lot less flashy than Big Moth Ka. Uh, 100 battles he was descending from the sky to burn alive all the space marines and Kill everybody. It's a little more morale boosting, I guess.
1: Is that the meme with um, the guy who's got his arm around his girlfriend? And what's the Shadow Son one? It's like, like his arm is around that girlfriend and he's looking <laughs> behind him going,
3: ooh! And then
1: it's like the Monka or whatever. And he's like uh-huh. looking back at the other girl. <laughs> yeah.
0: Monka is definitely a lot cooler and more uh, Chad. Farsight's... Farsight actually honors, well, sorry, he values honor a lot more than others. How? Because obviously, Tau Combat's not overly chivalric. You just kill someone from
3: three kilometers away in your big oh. tank.
2: Oh no, they're fighting smart.
3: Yeah. They're oh. a bunch of campers. Cowards, fight up close. Come on. Yes, Ugh. exactly. exactly.
2: Yes, please, run into range of my chainsword. I know you have a gun that can melt me from three <laughs> miles away, but please, don't use it. That's cringe.
0: Yeah. But uh yeah, it's kind of... Even when you're reading the Tau books and you're like, oh, the Tau are cool, when they're talking about the Imperials, you're just like, you almost want them to lose. Because the Tau think they're so great, and like they're the best empire out there, and no one can beat their might, and the humans are so ignorant and like barbaric. Uh, but then they fight space marines, and it's like, oh, we're going to lose. There's nothing, uh, and, and then they do lose.
2: I mean, they I mean
0: lose. they're sick. Yeah. The Guéran Shah is what they call space marines, and they're pretty scared of them. But like I said, Farsight and Shadow Sun successfully fend off the first Damcles Crusade. Uh, I don't remember what Case is doing. Unfortunately, Case has, like, two books, and the first one is, like, 20 years old, and the second one, he just shows up for a little bit, and it's, like, kind of cringe. And he like, shows up and it's cringe. Oh, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah.
2: He was on uh, Karava fighting the Blood Ravens. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he's in Dawn of War. Yeah, Dawn of War the... is
0: like kind of. I don't know if you can count Dawn of War Lord that well. I mean, you yeah. can. You can. It doesn't really fit Case, though, because he's not really a commander. I think they just wanted to put him in because he's in the first video game. But his, his way of war is literally the one man army. So, like, he has. <laughs> really yeah, he's not much of a commander.
2: You send him in, and then everything else disappears. Yeah. It's like Sly yeah. Marbo, isn't it?
0: Of a uh, towel, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is literally a sly marble of Tau. That's a good way to put it. In his recent book, though, he fights some dark angels, and he just like loses. And it's like, what the heck? What was the point of that?
3: Sounds Oof. about right.
0: Yeah. Anywho, on um, Dilith, if I remember correctly, one of the battlesuit bros, Monat as well. He they have this like time stasis field, and the chapter master of the scar lords gets trapped in this time stasis field. With this battle suit. And like, yeah. And it's a cool little monument, I guess. Scarlords want to come back someday and get him back. But I'm pretty sure the Scarlords are basically dead now because of what happens uh, coming up here. <laughs> Sad for them, I suppose. After Damocles, though, they put Shadow Sun and Case to sleep. Which is a feels bad for Farsight because they're his two only friends, basically. Well, the two that he can really relate to. Because Commander of Pyrtai's training is like an inhuman... Would, like no one would ever understand the things that they went through except for each other I guess before they put them to sleep they have this little council though and they call Farsight and his buddies all to the uh, what's it called elemental council Shadow Sun is there Case is not because who knows what Case is doing literally ever yeah I don't know um, but they tell him basically that they're going to retake the Damocles Gulf that was taken away by the Imperials and they want Farsight to do it instead of Shadow Sun and Shadow Sun has more victories under her belt, and she doesn't have the Stain of Defeat, like Arkunasha. And so she's pretty grumpy, and Farsight even says, why not Shadow Sun, and they just said, because I said so. Um, and in this part, we meet poor Malkur, which is the water cast fellow, who is... he's a little weird, because he can't lie the Fars and the, far- the Watercasts are all about lying because you know they're diplomats and politicians so it's all they're good at
1: <laughs> so they give him the worst diplomat ever like <laughs> just uh, yeah so he
0: only tells the blunt truth but naturally Farsight's into that uh, so he takes him along unfortunately for um I don't remember her name but poor Malcour's mentor uh poor Malcour talks out in the elemental council and he's basically. Tells him that the Ethereals want to get rid of Farsight. And he speaks out against the Ethereals. And him and his mentor get called to a summons. And he doesn't show up. Because he's busy killing an Earthcast guy. Because he's insane. Um, Yo, what's going on, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) He's... he's, uh, There's something about him that we'll talk about later. (laughs) Um, I guess that'll come up pretty quickly. But his... There's a little scene where his mentor is talking with Anva, um, who's not ethereal supreme at the moment, he becomes ethereal supreme later, he dies lol. Um, <laughs> the Imperials kill him. But at this point, Anva tells her to take out her bond knife, which is something most Tao have, because they make bondmates with other people in their cast, basically. Um, and it's like an unbreakable bond of brotherhood and sisterhood and stuff. And he says, take out your knife and kill yourself. And she does, and that's the end of her. And this is the first little showcase of the Ethereals kind of, you know, you don't question the Ethereals, or you disappear forever.
1: Doesn't she do it because, like, I think I remember this, like, she does does it with the knife, but then she she's not even conscious of doing it. She always
0: just, like, her body moves by itself, yeah. doesn't it? It's yeah. really creepy. Oh, I should also say, I forgot to mention, after the Damocles Crusade, um, the Ethereals commanded Ovesa... Which is one of Farsight's buddy. He's an Earth cast genius. He's but he's he's kinda like the friend that you disagree with on everything, but you're still friends, even though you like <laughs> he, he takes you off all the time and he makes Farsight <laughs> angry all the time. He like kind of like ignores um he misses the point a lot. And in like sensitive situations, he'll just kinda like, oh, like we lost five million billion Dudes in this experiment, that's okay because I made this experiment for the greater good. And then Farsus like, bro, nah, you killed five million billion people. That's cringe, bro, and Ovesa doesn't really get it and he doesn't care. Um, But he's a genius. And he also is kind of... uh, What's the word? Eccentric, like Farsight. So Farsight keeps him around. He's like his personal scientist, almost. Ovesa creates this thing called the Pure Tide Ingram Chip. Which has Pure Tide's brain on it, and you put it into commanders. And it's basically like kind of like the Codex Astartes, but for the Tau. And now they have a chip in their brain that lets them adapt to any situation and kind of have Pure Tide's take over.
3: <laughs> I love that. Like, oh, like, Codex Astartes is like, we we made this high tech chip, blah, blah, blah. And Codex is like, a book will do. Like, you just need a book. <laughs> It seems like so complicated for the, yeah. the parallel. But this
0: kind of lets them, like, like it kind of lets Spiritide, like, what's the word? possess them, almost. Unfortunately, the they can't really... There's some issues with the project, and they can't really come back from the possession. So the Ethereals order it to be removed, and in, in order for them to be removed, they have to be lobotomized, and just become these drooling messes of town unfortunately they are the blades of pure tide they're really cool and then you know bad stuff happens but shavastos one of farsight's friends who also becomes part of the eight later has this pure tide chip in him and farsight lies to Onva when he's supposed to be bringing shavastos to be lobotomized and if i remember correctly he basically like tells him that shavastos was killed in duty And from Farsight's perspective, he claims that Anvar knows that he lied to him. And like, lying to an ethereal's face is like, you die. Like, it's a death sentence. It's unheard of. And this is the first time he kind of lies to an ethereal, and it haunts him, like, forever. But he still does it, and he saves his friend. And Oves is in on it, too, and Oves is okay with it, I guess, because he just wants to experiment on Shavastos, because he's kind of crazy. We do see Shavastos later. So he lies to Anva, that's a good detail to leave in which is probably why they want him to go on the Damocles crusade because they kind of just want to get rid of him and like go spend your last few fighting years fighting off the Tau or sorry fighting off the Imperials and then his last conversation with Pure Tide, he goes up for some wisdom and Tide tells him don't trust them all um right after this the Ethereals have Farsight bring up a little, like, jellyfish mind device to put on Pure Tide so that they can trace his memory and make an AI out of him because, according to the Ethereals, he's not going to live for much longer, which confuses Farsight because he thinks, last time I saw him, he was old, but he was like, he's like that invigorated old where you're at, you know, uh what's the the interstellar guy, you know, go into the light fighting or whatever. I don't know the whole spiel. Uh, <laughs> but he's... He's in the winter of his years, but he has a long time ahead of him, so Farsight's a little confused about this. He puts the jellyfish thing on his head, and it basically kills Puretide. unfortunately. It traces his memory, and they make a per- like almost perfect AI of him, but it is does lead to his death, so this also haunts Farsight. Uh, and this is a common theme, where someone who doesn't trust the Ethereals, or someone who wants to speak out against the Ethereals, just disappears. Who knows what happens to them. I don't know. They died of old age or, you know, poorly photoshopped footage of them dying
3: on the battlefield or whatever. <laughs> so the Ethereals are basically 40K's version of Stalin. Just people yeah. disappear. They're yeah, like, oh, they're crossed they... off from pictures. Yeah, basically.
0: Um, so now we're going to launch the Damocles Crusade, and it's this gigantic gathering of all the casts. There's like the sky is blotted out by air cast ships. It's a really cool little thing. Farsight gives a little speech, and the weight on his shoulders is immense. He can't even, like... Farsight's a little worried at this point. <clears throat> he brings poor Malcor along with him, which is good to remember, and his personal pilot, uh, Koro Li-Mao-Tang, who's this really kindly old guy who's just a really good pilot, but he kind of is more a little important later-ish. Anyways, they go out onto the expedition, and Farsight stays awake. For the journey, which most Tau don't, because Tau don't live very long, and they don't have faster-than-light travel, because I don't know, they can't travel in the warp, but they use uh far engines. If you must say Z instead of Z, which they do in the book, so I'll say it. You know, whatever, I'm Canadian, so I should say Z anyways. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a Z fan. Not gonna be, lie. Be,
2: be, like to be, be better than you are. Say Z. <laughs> what do you mean, World ZFR War Z? Engine?
1: that film yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, Yuck.
2: Right, first of all book <laughs> the, the, the oh yeah because you <laughs> haven't
1: seen films have you? <laughs> I have
2: seen the film and it was nothing like book of all the films to have seen as well with your track <laughs>
3: record <laughs> my dad wanted to see it so
2: we watched it uh, my grandma's and it sure was a zombie you movie you haven't seen yeah. of
3: the Dead before what? oh gosh
2: <laughs> I mean I never said I didn't see it I also very pointedly didn't oh. mention seeing it <laughs>
0: Farsight stays up for the long haul. I, they call it like the... Ooh, what do they call it? The something of years, the price of years, something like that. Which the air ca- the air cast nobly takes because obviously your pilots can't really go to sleep. I mean, they kind of can't. It doesn't matter. Poor Malcor stays awake and kills another guy. He's just... He's living his best life. And he got bullied because he couldn't tell lies, so he kills this guy. He wakes him up in cryostasis... And like, overloads him with stimulants and drugs. And the guy, like, bashes his head against the window until he, like, explodes and dies and bleeds to death. And it's, uh, it's something. There's I mean, the Warhammer.
1: <laughs> There's the Grimdark Dark. Yeah. Vibe.
0: There's the Warhammer we all yeah. know and love. <laughs> I, I, I will say, Fire Warrior, the Casebook, is a very, it's like a perfect Warhammer book. Sh- we should say that. You should read it. It's perfect, Grim Dark, really gritty, bloody book. You don't get that as much
3: anymore, it feels like. Is it still with the the video game cover where, where he's like sat or oh, he's, yeah. he's knelt on like it's a on big pyramid of skulls. skulls?
0: Yeah, it's such a cool book. Man, I to be fair, I read it when I was like 12 years old, so it might not be as good as I remember, but I like to think it is. Anyways, we should probably keep talking about Farsight. I'm sorry viewers, if you came for an hour and a half long episode, I have bad news. We're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> so, on the... Oh, the Dawn Pioneer? No, 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 Is the Dawn Pioneer a Halo ship? Or am I? Am I right? There, I'm pretty sure the Dawn Pioneer is the flagship. There's, that there's the forward, forward onto
2: Yeah, no, you know, there's there's the of <laughs> Autumn. And the dawn the whole, forward onto Dawn.
0: Yeah, okay. So the Dawn Pioneer uh. is the Tau ship. Um, Farsight spends most of his time studying and talking a little bit with his psychic, um, this Inquisitor who is a Biomancer. That I don't know that though. She's just a Gwyvessa which is a, like, human helper. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> but her name is uh, Neve Harat. She goes by, um... Oh, man. Something Delac. They call her Mistress Delac. Uh, she's an inquisitor of the Ordo Xenos, and she's undercover, kind of investigating the Tao. Um, so she's there. She talks with Farsight a bit. She has, you know, the tarot card on her forehead. I didn't know how big the Emperor's tarot was until recently, I guess a lot of people take it really seriously, makes sense. But she's a cool little psyker who hangs out with them and helps them understand some of the Imperial stuff. She was on Dalith, and they captured her, and they, you know, being the silly Tao that they are, just assumed that these prisoners would be fine to take on as advisors, and they have no ulterior motives
3: whatsoever. Uh, you know, I mean, stuff. the Tao seem to have naivety as a character trait more than anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're extremely naive.
3: Uh, I
0: should say, poor Malkor, before this all happened, he was investigating an Imperial warp drive, and he was there to translate the Imperial ruins on it, because he translates foreign languages as his thing. And he touches the warp drive by accident, and then he starts killing people all of a sudden. And he cuts his tongue into two, like a snake. Oh, uh. and- <laughs> fun little fun he's a fun little guy goofy little guy oh, uh, all of a sudden oh no the scar world showed up and they're gonna kill us all and they've launched a boarding assault on the dawn pioneer and i have a bit of a hard time i had a bit of a hard time understanding this part because the way it was worded the dawn pioneer was like hours ahead of the rest of the fleet for some reason i like guess it's the, it's the flagship which makes sense but they don't have time to get reinforcements to the Dawn Pioneer because it's so far away from everyone else. Uh, I don't really know why.
3: Um, it's because Tower terrible at strategy, I suppose. they is shooting the back, and they took that too literally <laughs> with the space warfare. They're like, "We'll it stay all the way be, back here." And <laughs> maybe
0: just like misunderstood something. I, I guess I don't know. coral Limau Tang is flying the ship, though. No, he's in a Manta. I'm trying to, There's another pilot who's a little bit important, but we'll ignore him for now, I guess. So the Scar Lords show up. With the chapter master... Yeah, the chapter master with his command squad... Launches a boarding assault on the Dawn Pioneer. Unfortunately for the Tau... Everyone is asleep. Except for... Like a few people. Mainly Bravestorm. And Oblitae. That those are, those are like the only two guys... Of note who are awake. Plus a few Firecast... Bros. Uh, I guess we should say... Another character. There's a lot of characters. Bravestorm. Um, on Dalith. He... 1v1s, lots of Imperial tanks and stuff with an Honor Gore Gauntlet, which is just a power fist for a battle suit. So these, they got some melee. They have a little bit of melee. Him and Bright Sword, which is a clone. Bright Sword died in the battle uh, against the Imperials originally. Um, Bright Sword uses the Fusion Blades, which are like Fusion Blasters, but they're always on in their blades. they like melee weapons, kind of. Uh, but Bravestorm is alive. He was mortally wounded, though, and now he's basically in a dreadnought. But for tau, so he's kinda he's still alive in the like the current lore, so I assume it works like a regular dreadnought where he just lives forever
3: because if it's a tau dreadnought could you call it a treadnought uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah bravestorm
0: is this very noble uh self sacrifice kind of guy, very uh he has a huge hatred for the Imperials, so he gets kind of crazy when he fights them, and he's very headstrong. Headstrong is a very common theme amongst Farsight and his buddies. Uh, Bravestorm and Albatai go to intercept the Imperials where they can, so they split up. Bravestorm does a really good job at first, but then he gets his butt kicked by the Chapter Master and some other guys. And, you know, as it should be, because they're Space Marines and they're in Terminator armor. Albatai does a good job for a while, but then he loses to a squad of Space Marines as well and uploads his consciousness into a stealth suit and he kills some other characters, goes back, whatever. Oh,
2: so he's Farsight, a YouTuber now.
0: Yeah. Farsight was told by Ovesa that there's an experimental battlesuit that he's working on prior, and this experimental battlesuit happened to be in the hangar, and Ovesa basically tricked him into using it as a test subject. Ovesa's asleep right now, mind you. Um, And Farsight uh, gets a blip from poor Malkor, who conveniently knows... About uh, warp drives, and that the Imperial ship came out of translation too quickly, and if Farsight damages the warp drive, it'll cripple the entire ship. Farsight doesn't know how he knows this, but he trusts him, because he's blunt and he hasn't heard him lie yet. So Farsight takes the Experimental Battlesuit, which is the Cold Star Battlesuit, um, which is just on the tabletop, it's just really fast. I don't know if it's the same anymore, but last edition you can move like 60 inches in one turn with it if you want to. Shite. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. Barsight takes this battlesuit, and he goes out into space to literally 1v1 the entire uh, Imperial Battlecruiser of the Scarlords, like their flagship. Um, he shows up to the ship, and Coldstar is an AI, and he eventually becomes friends with his AI. They have a little dynamic... Excuse me. Uh, he times it correctly so that he can enter the ship through the gun hatch. Or, sorry, through the through a gun, like a cannon. After shoot. Yeah. He goes in there, he takes a burst cannon, and, like, slaughters all the Imperial Navy men. Poor guy. And poor Malkor also conveniently knows where exactly the Warp Drive is and how to get to it. So if I gets to it, he has to leave his battlesuit. Uh, he has a bit of a tassel with these giant servitor things, and he gets them to kind of destroy the Warp Drive for him. Um... And then, oh, these wacky, spooky, weird Xenos creatures that look like they're made out of shadows and nightmares are all of a sudden appearing on the ship. And I don't know where these came from, but there's definitely not another dimension, uh, and demons don't exist, so it's just a weird Xenos race that's somehow here now. And it starts to invade the Scarlord ship. Farsight flees, gets a bit, gives a bit of a task with a Hell Drake, which has also appeared from the warp now, after the. You know, warp drives are damaged. And then, uh, while well, this is happening, on the bridge of the Dawn Pioneer, sorry, not the bridge, just wherever the water casts are, poor showed up to kill another guy. <laughs> um, and he, I think he actually does successfully, but Space Marines show up. And poor fends off the Space Marines with some real sus magic that Tau aren't supposed to have. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder where that's going. Mind science, they call it. It's so tilting. They, the Tau call... Psychic powers, mind science, and it like perplexes them every time because they have no idea how they're doing it, and there's no like logical explanation. And they're like,
3: what are those things? They're just mind g- ghost yeah, science ghosts. They're science ghosts. It's fine. Yeah. The, the true <laughs>
1: mind science is no, knowing nothing's... how to do your taxes correctly,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hardly, hard, hardly a far shot from what the emperor was saying,
3: yeah. What are, uh, what are
2: those things? Ah, oh, they're they're aliens. Why do yeah. they keep appearing across the galaxy? I, they, don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. you got a bolter. You'll be
0: fine. So, yeah, first it causes demon incursion. And when he touches the warp drive, I'm pretty sure he touches it. He touches something. And he gets this flash of a vision. And he sees himself kind of as this, like, melting statue. And he sees Shadow Sun... Pointing her gun at him with the intent to kill him, and like shattering him as a statue, which later does happen in the future after Farsight's like betrayal is made public. Even though it's not like his betrayal is isn't really even a betrayal. He just doesn't come back home, and so the Aetherians are like, "Oh, he's a bad guy. We hate him now."
2: I mean, that is going AWOL. wall.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Um, I don't even know if they expected him to come home though, because like. Know, that's for later whatever um so he has visions of the future and this odd symbol of a hexagrammaton, which he remembers for later which comes in handy he leaves obviously fights with the hell drake survives uh li mao tang actually picks him up in his big manta which is a cool little moment and while he's unconscious in this manta because he was rendered unconscious and basically dead from the fight. Uh, the ethereals, or sorry, epistolary. The epistolary of the white right of the scar lords senses the warp breach on their ship, and decides that there's nothing they can do about it, so that they ha- so they have to abandon ship basically. So naturally, um, like a true imperial, they set the ship for a ramming course to the dawn pioneer, and the dawn yeah, pioneer baby. cannot escape this because there's no time. I don't know whatever. I think you can you can say whatever you want in space combat, and it, it and it counts because it's technically never happened before.
3: Starship so, go bash.
0: Yeah. So I guess the Imperials go towards them, and the Dawn Pioneer can't escape for whatever reason. And the Ethereals have all the higher ranks evacuated from the Dawn Pioneer because the ship has the majority of the Tau fire, like the fleet, on it who are just sleeping they have everyone of we rank if i'm correct yeah that's correct they have everyone of we rank and higher evacuated but not any of the like basic troop ranks so how they still have manpower after this is kind of hard to tell but they do i I guess it is said that they lose a third of their manpower in this uh when farsight comes to they've crossed the gulf everything's fine because i mean they did destroy the imperial ship the scarlords had to run away But Farsight discovers that the Ethereals commanded this evacuation and lets, like, thousands of Tau die. And he was extremely angry, and he publicly, like, gets mad at the Ethereals and yells at them and goes and, like, is, yeah. It's unheard of, and everyone's shocked, and it's, like, it's insane. For, I mean, it doesn't seem like much to us, but I don't know what a good, what a good
3: anthology would be well he's just he's like really oh you can't yeah. you can't criticize the supreme leader how dare you yeah that's naughty yeah i guess if like if you were just some
0: bro and you stood up and went to kim jong-un and like told them that he's wrong i was thinking, kim thinking kim yeah, Trump if you lived Trump. in
3: north korea and you were like hang on a minute yeah
0: <laughs> the will forgive him this one time but they uh, i don't know they say if he does it again then he'll be publicly like exiled or executed basically they also tell Farsight, after, you know, killing a third of their fleet, that there's no reinforcements on the way either.
1: Wow, that um, happened again?
0: What, yeah. And he has to make do with what they have, because it makes a little bit of sense. It is almost fair, because um, they have lost a ton of manpower in the Damocles um, crusade with the Imperium, obviously. And the Aether is already sent Basically everything on this Third Sphere expansion, so they don't really want to commit anything else. So Farsight has to make do with what he has. But it is enough, through Farsight's wacky means, you know, thinking outside the box. They arrive on Viorlas, which is not Viola, it's Viola's sister planet, basically. And it's this world covered in volcanoes, and there's some jungle, and it's just really hot. And it's perfect for, like, it's it's the energy breadbasket of the system, of the enclaves, is what they call it. Perfect for the Imperials, who create these factories, like, inside of the volcanoes, basically. And the Tau were enslaved on this planet, and every time they've tried to start an uprising, they fail. And there's little scenes where they have conveyor belts with Tau prisoners on them, and they're, like, getting thrown into the lava, and, like, basically becoming energy... For the Imperial Factory. Ugh. So it's very well Sounds worthy. about right.
3: Sounds efficient. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Fireside's not too pleased about this. They make Planetfall on Viewerless, because I guess there's nothing keeping them from doing that. I still don't understand how Void Warfare works, so don't. I, I, maybe I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but they make Planetfall, and they meet up with Shadow Sun's pupil, Moata who is Master of Khaoyan, who will work well with Farsight because Farsight's bad at it. (laughs) Uh, They work together in some, like, basically just some guerrilla warfare, destroying, I don't know, armored convoys and other such things where they can. And then they assault the factories, and they have these big battles with the Azmec, because the garrison on the planet still outnumbers the Tau, like, uh, two or three to one, I'm pretty sure. And they try to defeat them one time with a big... Fast assault and they farsight's relying on these horribly like impoverished, you know, the classic imperial worker who's downtrodden and enslaved and has the worst life ever. Farsight thinks if they launch a big Montca on one of these factories and start fighting, that the factory workers will join them and have an uprising against their overseers. And unfortunately, as they're fighting, the imperial workers just keep working, even like as they're getting gunned down and everything. By the crossfire, it's a very depressing sight for the sad dogs of the Imperium. But I mean, hey, they're doing their due they, diligence they their daily work.
3: prayers and they're doing a good job. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. But they fight the Admech and quickly find out that the Admech and Imperial Guard have like unlimited resources. And even though they're creating like mountains of bodies on the other side of the room, they're starting to lose the battle. So they have to retreat for a while and think of a new plan. So, Farsight decides to do some little Vashia stuff, and works with Ovesa to come up with this plan to use these seismic fibulator type things that will trigger volcanic eruptions all across the world. Uh, This would basically render the world useless for the Imperials because all of their factories are in the volcanoes, which the Tau are quick to criticize because it's inefficient and brutish and whatever. Um, And so they do this in a bit of a close battle. The Farsight and his team put the seismic fibulators and have to defend them for a while, and Epistolary, whatever his name is, I forgot, the Psyker of the Skylords comes down and brings the command squad and fights Farsight and his guys, and they almost win, actually. They're really close to winning. they It's a nice little showing, because sometimes the power scaling of Space Marines is so, like, inconsistent between authors, and previously we kind of saw battle suits Wrecking House when it came to Space Marines, but now that the command squad is here, they're kind of kicking butt, and they're pushing back Farsight and his buddies. And Farsight 1v1s this Psyker, uh, and the Psyker becomes, I don't know, like air, like water, basically, and all of Farsight's attacks are just passing through him and stuff. While this is happening, though, poor Malcor is delivered. He works with poor Malcor as well, so again, this yeah, stuff, he's working with the water cast and he's working with Ovasa, the earth cast, to get this done. Uh, poor Malcor just kind of they sneak in to a broadcasting station basically and he causes an uprising with his blunt truths uh towards the workers they have an uprising going on which is helping them a lot now because that was the original plan and he's fighting this psyker he eventually kind of wins and he like pushes him into the lava but the psyker has this epic moment where he like emerges from the flames this big giant flame avatar and he's like the emperor's angel and yada yada but then nicola the psyker and poor malkor with some uh again sus magic kind of neutralize him, and the day is eventually one when the seismic fibulators go off, and the entire world erupts in magma and like doomsday basically, and obviously all of the humans that they got to get into an uprising are instantly killed, but like they don't care. the Tao don't actually care. you can join the
3: tiles ta- you want you but don't don't help the Zenos,
0: yeah. You, you Yeah, join the greater good, bro. You definitely are not going to be uh, castrated I mean, and can, enslaved and put on the front lines. Definitely and not. And
3: the thing you can
2: tell... With because like the card doesn't do that. No. Yes, well, they
0: do. This,
3: this whole episode...
1: Okay, go ahead, just Sorry, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, you can tell that the Scarlords weren't going to win, though, because when you look at their wiki page, they don't have, like, any designs. So you like, oh, it's <laughs> this is going. Uh, you're a filler <laughs> chapter. Yeah. I was going to say, just, this,
1: this whole episode, though, is basically... Like dunking on Andy's favorite, and then suddenly be like, actually, we're just as bad. It's like,
3: oh, God. Oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's big. They're, it's like they're chipping away at like a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a millionth of the Imperium war effort. So it's, it's all right. Fun. It's fine. They, they killed a, 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 a chapter with no logos. I don't care. Send the white scars. Yeah.
0: the
2: this video is uh, Eli giving lore, and then me and Andy taking pot shots over Zeno <laughs> with each other.
3: yeah
0: the tower unfortunately because they fight off the space marines like oh it is so great we fought off the imperium and but like the reality is they fought one chapter and out of what like thousands of space marine chapters uh, yeah
3: is it true that the first space marine that they ever saw they fought was the emperor
0: (laughs) i don't know or the
3: tower i I, I think it was the
0: first i think the first chapter master they killed you're like oh we killed Uh... the emperor and (laughs) now you didn't goofy toe I'm a Tau fan, not gonna lie, but only only <laughs> kind of, only kind of. Yeah, you like them and then you read their books and they're just so arrogant. Like, the Eldar at least have some base to be arrogant, like, they have- They can they kind have of an actual
3: empire, like, the Tau, the Tau empire, just empire, like, think no, they're great, cute.
0: But they can't see the bigger picture.
1: I can't believe Andy is saying that about no, the Eldar, yeah. Shit. Wow.
2: <laughs> so some got past the internal sensors. People there. in the chat need
1: to remember <laughs> this day. <laughs>
0: So the chapter master of the scar lords sees that his command squad died which is actually it feels bad kind of cuz they're cool um and he decides to order exterminatus classic cuz I mean to be fair the planet is useless now to them and the tower is going to take it back so he he decides to order exterminatus somehow farsight sees this plan already happening and he sends ultatai who, mind you, Oblitai is now an AI. He's not actually... I didn't say that before. He's an AI. He's a perfect replica of the old Oblitai who taught Farsight. And this... the old Oblitai died in an experiment where Ovesa tried to, like, resurrect an orc, basically. And this experiment went a little bit wrong, and the orc broke his shackles and killed Oblitai. So again, a little bit of clashing between Ovesa and Farsight. They have little arguments about that, actually. But Oblitai gets sent up in this, like, one-man ship... And he detonates, he like shoots the uh, exterminatus warheads before they can get far enough and he destroys the Scarlords' fleet, uh, or at least their ship. And I'm pretty sure that's the end of the Scarlords to my knowledge. I'm not sure if they're still alive today, but I'm pretty sure they're all dead. Luckily for Obatai.
3: Who cares? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Luckily for Obatai, he's able to upload his consciousness to another thing and becomes the next incarnation of Obatai, which is like, I think, four. Oblitae 4-0. Uh, nowadays, Oblitae 9-0, so it happens quite a lot. But I mean, like, it makes sense if you ha- if you can just sacrifice yourself over and over again, you might as well. So, that's Viorless. They've taken Viorless and they... It doesn't really explain the taking of the other Sept worlds. I'm not sure if there is much of an Imperial presence on them or not, because they just kind of take them, and that's it. So I guess there wasn't. Uh, but there's, like, four main Sept worlds that they take, and there are- they're pretty neat. They're Celeste, uh... Tenecla, Labgrowl, and then, of course, Vioralass. I think Hal had a favourite, too, if you wanted to talk about them now, Hal, or you can wait till later.
1: I can... I've got... Uh, yeah, I picked two that were definitely out of my end, shall we say. I'll start with the um, uh, tenecla if I'm saying it right. So okay. this one is probably my favourite because this is a crystal world. And the idea of that is, like, Warhammer worlds are usually, like, it's either... Like dirty, like grin, You know, it's just basically mud and brick most of the time. But this is kind of like this hits like a new level of sci-fi. It's kind of a bit more like. is anyone here play Stellaris? It's like a bit yeah. more, a bit more like that vibe, shall we say?
2: Um, I, I I love paradoxes, war crime simulators. I'm a big fan of almost all the ones they put out. <laughs> uh,
1: luckily, you'll be right up there on this one. Um. It's a little bit weird this one where like they're different cars. They live in like different places. So the air cars are in like floating pods that like are kind of above the planet. And then there's oh, apparently the planet's like also like transparent, which is like really bizarre to me. Like I don't quite. Could you imagine the entire planet through? Like you, just, it's like you know when like you're a younger like you look over like if you ever shared like a room with your sibling and your siblings like just giving you the middle finger like, across the room or something, <laughs> <laughs> like, someone could do that through an entire planet. And, um, you know, like the earth cast themselves that like they've stripped the planet of like any, like, you know, things that get out of the way. So it's kind of the whole planet is basically a geometrically like perfect
2: surface. So uh, yeah, dude, it, they turned into like perfect hexagons, the whole planet around. It's really cool. It's,
1: it's pretty, it's pretty out there to be fair. And my other favourite one was uh, so I'm not gonna pronounce this right. Uh, Hay, which is basically oh, so. Is, that, that? is it Salashie or salashi? Salashi. This
0: is how it the in the book. I just assume that so.
1: Sounds like a, a something you put on, you know, like a packet or something. You pour on your
3: meal. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it sound like um, you would go to a, like an Irish pub and they have a cocktail, and it's like you want to salashi. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. Well.
1: This planet's, again, weird because it's basically just... It describes it as, like, a collection of giant moon-sized moon globes of liquid that orbit a sun. Which, obviously, is isn't mental, isn't it? It's insane. And apparently, like, it states, like, when, like, uh, meteors, like, pass into one of them. Like, basically, it breaks up a little bit, <laughs> essentially. So I don't even know how it even... It's basically just a massive...
0: It's oh. my sci-fi universe. I get to decide the physics.
2: I mean, there are massive blobs of... Like, I think they've seen massive blobs of water in space. Like, it can happen. I believe it.
3: Yeah. But
2: why? What's the
3: point? <laughs> <I don't laughs> think
2: it's a natural phenomenon. A, 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 it just and, happens uh, sometimes. They, I thought they, they built it. Reason, I was
0: like, yeah. ugh. And they needed a reason to say that this is the Watercast planet. <laughs> yeah, so the
1: Watercast kind of just... Uh, this yeah. is their home. Uh, a bit on the nose. But to be fair, we're, we're into Warhammer, so... A bit on the nose is kind of our thing should
2: have, should have I like the
3: firecast just being like and this is our firecast planet and then the salamander's going, cute, look at our planet this is the real fire planet Hal, oh. uh, okay, I since sorry?
2: you brought it up, I'm I, I, oh, sorry, were you finished I mean, oh I finished, I finished, go ahead uh, since, since you brought it up, I have to ask do you have a fav- favourite uh, Stellaris war crime?
1: Oh, this is tricky. Um, my,
2: my personal favorite is the guy who uh, went to war with an empire, uh, captured some of their planets, turned the species he, on the planets he captured into food, and then sold that food back to the empire he conquered it from. Yikes.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh, I, I'm kind of more of the, like, you know, the world, like the disaster events. You know, the one where, like, oh you, you are kind of, you meet the planet and it's full of, like, little... It literally is, like, lizard men that are tiny, and they're, like... Yeah. They're basically very primitive, but then if you let them onto your ship or whatever by accident, then they're, like, they're like, yeah! <laughs> they're, they're, they're monsters. They're so aggressive and, like, tiny. Uh, I'm, My war crime is not that... My war crime uh, list is not heavy, though.
2: Uh, that's a shame. You're not a true paradox player. <laughs> oh, I do, but
1: my, my Crusader Kings... um Let's just say um, incest is incest in Crusader yeah. Kings Three. Oh, <laughs> oh no! That's <laughs> the that way so to play so the good. game. It always ends I, up that I, way.
2: I may, I may like the Xenos in 40K, but in Stellaris, there is no war crime or hate t- 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 heinous. <laughs> Too heinous, not to justify in you, some way. You would
3: make the Imperium blush. I, I would make the I
2: make the Imperium look like rookies in the field of alien murder.
1: Someone made a Souls made a mod for it, didn't they?
2: Years look, ago, if, if a
1: war mod primi-
2: for Yeah, if the primitives didn't want to be annihilated, they wouldn't have been born on a planet that had rare resources on
1: it.
3: Oh, true,
1: lord. Uh, but yeah, those are those are like my. Kind of, yeah, they're kind of the best ones, to be honest. Like, you know,
0: basically, Crystal Planet,
1: yeah, Liquid Planet,
3: so
0: fancy. Yeah, yeah lost is just the jungle, uh volcano place, and the other one, Lubgrow, Lubgrow, whatever, Lubgrow. I think is um the Earth Planet. Like, that's it. There's ravines and it's desert. The Earth guys like it because it's good for testing weapons and you know, bombing random locations because there's nothing to bomb. It's just dirt. You know, good ol' old Earthcast stuff. That, that, that was, those are the main planets, there's more, but I don't think they're they're really mentioned much, at least. We see a new player enter the game now, and this is Warboss Grog, Iron Toof, of, I don't remember what clan he's part of. He's just a freebooter, I believe. Him and his bros, his boys, I guess I should say, uh, fought on Arkunasha. Also, the orcs call Farsight the Red Runt, which is nice. And they call the Tau... They tell the Tau Gunrunts. Which is fun. Um, so, I, boss Iron Tooth and his buddies are par, parlay with Captain Badrook, And they hire his services to try to battle with the Tau in a, the War of Daka. Because their dream is to out-Daka the Tau and beat them at their own game. Because the like, they freaking hate the Tau. The Tau are like the worst opponents ever. They just shoot at you and it's like, so lame. Um, but we they have some skirmishes in space and farsight actually accompanies uh li mao tang his pilot on the fancy manta on a bit of a scouting mission to go check out the orcs and they have a bit of a tassel things go kind of badly and uh there's an issue but we see farsight try to save uh tang's young pupil whose name i can't remember for the life of me um and the one there's kind of like a other aircast girl there and she's just like this normie who doesn't really get it? This yet. normie, uh,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. normie <laughs> Tao. <towel. laughs>
0: like uh, Lee Mao Tang and the other guy and Farsight are all talking, and she keeps being like, "What? That's crazy. That's that's fascia." Or like, "You can't say that about that." And blah blah blah. Um, and Tang, over the like in secret over the little comms feed, uh, when they're talking about the ethereals, he tells Farsight is basically says, "I have something." I have some opinions about our glorious leaders myself, uh, which he shouldn't have said over the comms feed, because they're always listening. To be uh, another thing, I guess. Oblitae, uh made this frequency that emits kind of like this wacky white noise that disrupts all the recording devices around, and he turns it on whenever they talk about things that the Ethereals wouldn't like. So that's kind of how Farsight gets around saying things he's not supposed to. But he can't use it very often, and they actually do take it away from him eventually, because I think they find out that's what he's using. Uh but the ship has a bit of has some damage to it from the orc asteroid. And Farsight risks his life to save uh Tang's pupil by like cutting him out of his chair. And like the one lady on there is like, You have to go, you're too important, you know, you're the head of the expedition, you can't die here, and Farsight says, No, I'm gonna save him, even though in the back of his head he knows he like he has to save him. She even she points her gun at him. That That's like to the point of how important she sees it, but whatever. Farsight then takes this Cold Star battle f- suit and 1v1s an entire ship again. Not gonna lie, I was having a hard time paying attention in the like five minutes that this happened in the book, so I don't know all the details, but it happened. He 1v1s the ship again. And that's the important part of that. The Orcs, he then goes back to the Ethereals, and the Ethereals tell him that the Orcs are going to this planet called Atari Vo. Which is another city, or sorry, another planet, and they say, You can't go. You have to stay here and make sure that the separate world, like the main separate worlds, are defended. And in another unspeakable act of treason, Farsight decides to not listen to this and go to Atari Vo to help them. Uh, and multiple times, whenever he disobeys and does something he's not supposed to, and like Bright Sword uh, is like, Bro, you can't do that. And Farsight's like, Yeah, I can. And it's too important, so the uh, water cast will just make something up and make it look like it was supposed to happen so I can get away with whatever I want. And he's he's right. He's, he knows how to play the system. Bright Sword is uh, his main pupil. I should say he's a part of a cloning program, a classified cloning program, because he keeps dying because he's very headstrong and goofy. Uh, but they have him you know, on call <laughs> to be cloned. And he talks really weirdly. He, he gives everyone a nickname, it's hard. I don't know how to describe it. Like whenever he talks to Farsight, depending on what is happening, he'll say like, I don't know, greetings, bald one. Or like when he's missing an arm on Arthur's Moloch, he's like he calls him armless one. Or if he's talking to me or Colin, he'd say balding one. And-
1: balding oh. one.
3: Ooh.
0: Target the
1: hairline. His true weakness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All ships fire at will. Burn that receding hairline. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's, he, Farsight basically tells him everything. He's close. He's very close with him and Bravestorm and Oblitz High. The other members of the eight are kind of like newer to the setting, uh, which we see with Shazo Arakhan, who comes into the play. And Farsight leaves Aracon, uh to watch over the steps worlds that he's about to leave, and he heads out to Atarivo. And it's an absolute horrible disaster. So first, the orcs land and blow up this city with their big asteroid and they don't know about it soon enough so the ethereals could c- uh, command a retreat and they have everyone of like i think it's like Vray ranking or higher which so it's like pretty high ranking so millions of people are going to die only those ranks get to evacuate the rest are like they just leave there because they don't have time so all those people die oh well i guess they just don't care it was really cool in the book though because they had um they had a poor connection on the feed, so they actually recorded and used sound effects to make it like a cutting out comms feed. They used they actually had a few parts in the book where it's kind of like an audio drama, so it's worth to listen to if
3: you have mm. Audible or whatever. Please sponsor like us, those. Audible. Please sponsor us, please. Like uh, there there are a few of those where they've like I've I've done the Horus Heresy series when there's no no stuff like that, but some of the collections like they did one, The Knights Errant, and they had like sound effects, and there's a bit where loken and lufer are having a conversation there's like it's in a dungeon there's like water dripping and noises of like cell doors it's really cool what they do with those but they're kind of rare mm-hmm. you find
0: yeah the far side book starts out with an appear empir- with a Tao propaganda commercial
3: and it has sound effects ah. and stuff. it's really cool yeah so they it's go to- the idea of them going i'm doing my part at the beginning You're like ah yeah. good reference um
0: I might be committing a war crime by saying that the planet's called atarivo atarivo might be the city i don't remember i don't think it's a big deal though um farsight shows up and they have a quarantine going for this big asteroid that ran into the planet uh to keep the the orcs out but they don't want to engage with them so that they'll you know they'll just result in fighting or whatever and farsight doesn't want this because he's used to the orcs of Arkunasha, who i don't he doesn't want them to kill everyone and spread like the orcs do uh, and he has a lot of PTSD from Arcanasha, and he really just doesn't... He does not want to lose the orcs again. So he launches his big Motka strike. Unfortunately, these are the cunningly brutal orcs, not the brutally cunning orcs. Big mistake, Farsight. Mm-hmm. So Captain Badruk and Grog hatch this trap on Farsight and his guys, and they have—they wait until Farsight and his Hunter Kadra are in range of their asteroid thing, and they activate the force field and essentially like trap them and kill them all and they have a lot of flash kits with them so there's tons of daca. so they're just like obliterating these poor tao um and in the end only farsight and his like commanders escape basically and there's huge casualties it's like this huge shame on farsight's record and it's very very bad and he's like he's put to shame as well because he disobeyed the ethereals and then he lost as well but yeah it's one of the first times that we actually see Farsight lose, which is nice because you don't see characters lose a lot in Warhammer no- novels. Half the time. I feel like true, yeah. All the time, he is a genius, but he has not. It's another example of the Tau not encountering something before, so they had no idea what was going to happen. He didn't know that orcs could be smart. They are actually about to kill the leaders of the orcs, Badruk and Grogan, whoever. Um, but then they just mysteriously teleport away. Uh, I wonder where they're going. And Farsight returns to the Enclave Worlds. Atari Vogue was too far away for messages to get through because they don't have astropaths. Lol. Well, they don't have astropaths, so they don't know what's going on on the other side of the gulf. It takes a long time to cross the gulf as well because they don't have warp travel like the orcs, which they don't know that the orcs have warp travel. And uh-oh, the orc fleet used their capabilities across the gulf and go to the other sept worlds while Farsight and his lads are busy on Atari Vogue and Farsight returns to utter horrible disaster, and the orcs have invaded all the Sept worlds, and it's absolutely terrible. Everything he has fought for, they are about to lose, and it's they're losing the battle on every planet. So Farsight relents command for a while to Shavastos, which we meet Shavastos, and he's hanging in this, like, stasis thing in Ovesa's workshop, basically, and his head is carved open, and his brain is just out, and it's like held in different pieces and ovesa like presses a button and wakes him up and he talks to him but he's also talking to pure tide because he has the engram chip in him remember so he kind of like goes in and out of lucidity uh so he leaves command with shavastos who's technically not supposed to be alive so he just has him like pretend to be someone else and stay in a battlesuit and he goes and he meditates on the bottom of the ocean in vrls i believe and he thinks for a while and then he says you know what i know what to do i'm gonna go I don't know, be one with the elements. So he goes into, like, volcanoes and burning forests on Viorlas and he thinks for a while. And he goes to the bottom of the ocean again, and he thinks for Selache. And he goes way high up in the air for Tenecla. And I don't remember what he does for the Earth one. Just some earthy thing. He meditates. (laughs) He He has a little avatar. He has a little avatar, the last airbender moment. And he has just, like, this random uh spark revelation inspiration of revelation, that's good yeah so he knows what to do because of this i guess it's, it's very another another vast yeah moment kind of proving the ethereal's wrong in that uh being between casts between spheres might not be such a bad thing because maybe maybe we should let the little fire cast babies play with lego and they'll you know learn a couple skills um so, he goes to Celeste, this is not an order, by the way, I don't remember the specific order, but he goes to Celeste, he matches a plan with Ovesa, and he gets these seismic uh, fibrillators, which is he uses like all the time, I guess, they're just magic, um, but he drops them at the bottom of the ocean, they make this like special battle suit casing for him, so that he can go to the bottom of the ocean without exploding, and being crushed by pressure, and he causes, there's actually an orc submarine captain, character for a little bit just for like a chapter uh but he hears this like thrum on the bottom of the ocean and he's like what the heck is that and it's a little off-putting uh, and they do then they turn around and there's these giant tsunamis coming and the tsunamis engulf all the orc war fleets on salash hay and they're done with then he goes to tenek he has the air cast bait in the orc uh air fleet and then they kind of fly up leaving all their propellant gases and Farsight ignites the propellants with his plasma rifle, and the air cast like, rides it out on top, I guess, and it incinerates all the orc flyers. And then he goes to Viorlas, and he causes a bunch of firestorms, and he actually kills Grog on Viorlas. I guess Viorlas is, is the last one. He also causes a mass Talarissa bond on Viorlas, which is the big thing for his Farsight enclaves. On the tabletop, back in the day at least, you would have to take the bonding knife upgrade for one point per guy because all the Farsight's warriors are, have uh, bonding knives, because they went through the Telerissa bond. It's very morale-boosting and whatnot. And then they fight off the orcs from Viorlas. and lastly, he goes to growl, and he megaliths all the Tau colonies into the air, <laughs> I guess. And using Fibulators again, he has all the um, chasms and whatever cave in on the orcs and kill all the speed freaks who are chilling there. Yeah, and he wins. Hooray!
1: Is he this an... is this like in
3: one montage. Ooh. Holy crap. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like you could make a montage out of that. It. It's like, he goes here and he's just yeah, like... Yeah, he was basically
0: murder. a montage in the book, yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> jacked... after. in one chapter, I'm pretty sure that he did this.
3: And he Jack Black just screaming
1: in the background with, yeah. like, heavy guitar <laughs> riff. Yeah. <laughs> just, and then, Matt, he sounds so badass, though, I'll be honest. It's yeah. like, I have he's I have one... Mark
0: Fellow. He's a smart fella, not a fart smeller, that's for sure. That's <laughs> cool.
3: What? A fart side on Claves. Oh, uh, 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 no.
1: Heresy. Go to throw it all <laughs> away now.
0: His Grog dying was kind of a feels bad. He, uh. The orc had the head of the old boss on his shoulder. It was a, like a pain boss or whatever. And this head would just, like, scream stuff all the time. He was just head on a jar. And it was, it was a little. It was fun. But they're all dead now. Rip. So. <laughs> He masters the elements. Woo. The other orcs went to Arthus Moloch, though, which was just this old relic world. And I don't quite remember why it was part of the trap. Still, that they sent them there, the trap failed. Obviously, in the end, it almost worked. So they almost actually the orcs almost outsmarted Farsight, which is kind of uh, embarrassing, I guess. But you Amen. know, Mork gets you sometimes.
2: Orcs, orcs are stupid until one of them learns how to count to five, and then you're in really. trouble.
3: <laughs>
0: Truly. <laughs> so he wants to get rid of the last of the orcs who draw on Arthas Moloch. And the Ethereals keep saying, Oh, why haven't you? They're like a nagging. Actually, I don't know what I can say on this.
2: Ne- nagging?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, nag. they nag a lot. They're like, Oh, Farsight, there's still Imperial presence on Arthas Moloch, and there's still Imperial presence on this one little planet. That doesn't matter. Why would you save all these people? They're Karens. The Imperials first. Yeah. Ethereals are Karens. mother
3: Why don't you get a job? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Stacy's husband is a chief executive officer. You just have a dumb sword.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basically. So they nag Farsight a little bit more, but he still goes to Arthas Moloch. Oh, and this is where things get a little spicy for our big man. And it's the most important part in his story, arguably. Sorry that we took so long to get there. (laughs) I just wanted to showcase how epic he is he goes to arthas malik with the plan of just fighting orcs because there's nothing else on arthas malik there's no such thing as ghosts obviously his friend shazera talks about ghosts a lot though but him in case think it's goofy Goes to malik they're fighting the orcs it's like basically a free win because there's not that many orcs on there because the orcs didn't really care about going to some dumb relic world they spill blood on this dais dais Whatever. And all of a sudden, this wacky, glowing circle appears and it starts raining blood like the Slayer song. And. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, it's pretty metal woman, actually. And this blood starts congealing into these red horned aliens, corn demons, obviously, uh, but they don't know that. And so they call them Molokites, at first. And they're fighting them off. They don't know what the heck is going on, because, like, where the heck did these things come from? They can't be negotiated with. They're not, like, they're crazy. They don't have any guns.
3: They find themselves in a mosh pit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) and So the demons start killing the Tau and the orcs. Uh, Farsight is, like, ordering a systematic retreat. It's going, like, okay, until Farsight puts his gun in one of their faces and pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. Cause they're demons, and like the and they, it's basically random chance if you get to kill them or not with your guns, and Farsight gets critically injured and is kind of spirited away back to the fleet. Uh, but before this, oh, i sorry, I messed up a little bit here. Uh, the reason he goes unconscious is because he looks into the portal, and he sees many, many visions. Uh, the most important things that he sees though are is his visions of these giants like glowing white beings, and they all are looking down on these countless like millions of Tao who are all grinning so hard that their mouths are bleeding and all these Tao are chained up in slavery but they're like willingly doing it all. And whenever one dies, there's like this Urukai birth scene where this amniotic sack gets opened with a new Tao in yeah. it. And it grows up really fast and it and it clamps yeah. it clamps itself into the chains and enslaves itself willingly. So he sees that and then he kinda sees himself as a warrior king and he's like throttling both Case and Shasera and killing them. And he has these like this bone armor on and these bone helmets. And he sees just like chaos visions. And he looks into the warp almost and sees the realm of Korn. Um, And then he goes unconscious.
2: I'd love to see him try and take on Case. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah, Doom is. soundtrack yeah. would have started hammering <laughs> away.
3: <laughs> i just like, you were like, oh, and he's wearing like the red armor. And I'm just like, corn cool, just looks at her and he's like, that's a nice shade of red. I'm a big fan of Red Myself. Yeah.
2: I guess, actually,
0: like, I left a pretty important part. The beginning of the second Farsight book talks about literally how Zinch and Corn are competing for Farsight, basically. Uh, and on Arthas Moloch, both Zinch and Corn demons appear, uh, making it seem that almost maybe they're working together in a like, loose ally to just get Farsight on the side of chaos or corrupt him, at the very least. Mm for zee she causes a lot of change with his rebellion which tears like a whole empire apart and you know corn's pretty obvious he kills people um mm-hmm. but first goes unconscious after seeing these visions and a few other things and wakes up in the uh luke skywalker star wars back to tank and he says let me go and the earth cast says the ethereal say you're not allowed to go and then he like convinces them otherwise or whatever and he leaves and he meets up with his commanders and finds out that the Ethereals made them all leave the planet, and there's, like, random Hunter cadres scattered down on Arthas Moloch getting killed. And so he has this bit of an argument with the Ethereals, because the Ethereals, he's he's going to go back no matter what, even in his critical condition. And the Ethereals kind of argue with him. I left another thing out. Sorry. <laughs> Before this stuff happens, in the end of the first time they fight Viorlas, on Viorlas, he encounters poor malkor trying to kill nikola harat the psyker lady and poor malkor is finally revealed to be the demon possessed tau he was possessed by a herald of zinch um and farsight has this flash of inspiration and carves his hexagrammaton into poor malkor's flesh and banishes a demon he somehow knew that that um symbol could banish demons and poor malkor like tells him before dying though the demon tells him they're like, the Ethereals are playing him for a fool. And Farsight knows that he's never heard this demon lie. He like tells himself that it's lying, but he knows deep down that they're tell- it's telling him the truth. And this demon then uh, doesn't really get banished, but it, it possesses Nicola Harat. And Nicola kind of gets coaxes Farsight going down to the planet again. The Ethereals go down to the planet with Farsight because they think that they can negotiate with the demons, Goofy Tao. And they use the word Nemesis. Uh, which Farsight then thinks about later, because he thought that they didn't know what they were. And how could the Tau race have a nemesis that they've never even seen or heard of before? Pretty sketchy. So, more demons come out of the portal, and now there's a lord of change, and there's bloodthirsters, and everything's going wrong. And all three of the Ethereals die, and Moata dies trying to defend the Ethereals. Uh, Farsight almost dies, and then he picks up this big fancy sword... From a statue beside him, because his fusion blaster arm got torn off. So he just has his plasma gun arm, but his plasma gun got destroyed as well. And he goes up to deflect the Bloodthirster's axe, and the axe shatters on this sword that is just really OP for some reason. I mean, we're at the sword. If you'd like to talk about the sword, you can talk about the sword.
1: Yeah. So this is, obviously, everyone here has seen the new Farsight model that probably dates this.
2: but uh, Pretty beautiful.
1: Oh. This is not just any blade, this is the Dawn Blade. There's a lot of Dawn, I'd realise in a lot of the uh Tau naming things. Man, they're already like they're like morning people, maybe. Um <laughs> But the Dawn Blade itself is essentially Farsei's arco- uh, his iconic weapon. And it's kind of its design is not uh like related to anything that's really in the Warhammer setting. It's supposedly of like a like, way, like, pre even, like, pre-human Xenos civilization. Like, its design is unique. No one else has anything really like it. And this thing just cuts. This thing can cut through pretty much, like, you say, you know, shatters, like, the um, the demon's, like, you know, axe, basically, essentially. It, just, this thing is, it, I'm going to lie, it's a little bit OP. A little bit OP. Um, but it's supposedly, like, I think it even states, like, uh it's for from yeah it's forged from a chronophagic alloys which i yeah, think made up word yeah it's it, Warhammer. <laughs> but supposedly this uh, its unique ability which he find which i don't think farsight's really aware of it but we know is like kind of maybe the reader but this can dr- like absorb life force from uh farsight's enemies so i mean to be fair, if he found out about that he'd probably feel guilty but also he wouldn't put it down to be fair, it's like it's too good. And this blade again is it's ginormous by it. This thing is huge. It's like literally like carrying a person like by the feet and like two handed whacking them uh violently. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of yeah, this is the genesis of where he gets that unique weapon, he just sort of finds it obviously maybe it's a plot from some uh intervening gods, shall we say. But yeah, he obviously on Arthur's Moloch now this is his iconic weapon. I'll pass it back to Eli to state how <laughs> how that goes for him in this mm. battle.
2: It's so also yeah. a sword of all.
0: Ooh, ooh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, all. All I'm saying is people finding swords in Warhammer 40k is usually a bad thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, he bullshit. actually, there is a little bit I have in my notes that he starts getting some little sus, fulgrim uh, <laughs> thoughts, where I think um, at one point when he's fighting, it might be in the new lore, actually. I don't remember, but ah, whatever. So I whatever. Someone's fighting, and yeah, and someone like wins a battle, and he, he has this like spike of anger where he's like, "I should have been in that battle. I should be my like. I should win that battle. I want to kill those things." Kind of a little moment. It doesn't really go on past that though,
3: so it's not. I don't think it's a complete full grim situation. Yeah, it's, just, it's more like Jendor Skravok, the Nightlord. Lord. He's like, yeah. "I've got this sword, and I keep chucking it away, yeah. and it comes back somehow." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it won't leave me alone, but it's really
0: mm. cool. If I remember correctly. Um, when he looks at the sword, he can see his own reflection through the battlesuit, which is really cool. And the Earthcast has no idea what this, what the heck, this wacky sword is. But yeah, it's the Dawn Blade. He fights the Bloodthirster with it. He almost wins actually, but he's about to die. The entire time, Coldstar is yelling at him that he's uh, about to have a cardiac failure. He's going to have a heart attack and die. Luckily, Brave Storm and Bright Sword come in at the last moment and save Farsight. After he kind of battles with these. With this demon for quite a while. And Farsight gets up. He goes and kills some orcs. And all of a sudden. He feels really good. He feels a lot better. He's not, uh, his heart attack is gone. And things are going well. So he kind of commandeers this counterattack, And things are going well. He also spots an amulet. With the same symbol of the hexagrammaton And he notices that the demons are not going towards these amulets. So he has all of his uh cadres or whatever all the squads gather these amulets from the statues on arthas moloch in their area in the city that they're in and he takes them all and he goes and flings them into the portal and the portal explodes and all the demons are gone and everything's better hooray so mm-hmm. that's the good ending for arthas moloch they then clean up the orcs Nicola harat was possessed by the demon she actually shape changes herself to look like poor malkor so that she can fit into Oblitize. Commands suite, like his little harness place, which which is kind of like. Braceborn and Brightsword are not huge fans of this, but they wanted her to have a. They wanted her to be down there because she seemed to know what was going on. Uh, she fights a hound of corn and she puts the collar on to get the demon of Zeech oh. out of her. Yeah, and it's like the most. It's very agonizing and brutal for her, but she does it and it works out good for her, and she survives surprisingly. She talks with a Lord of Change, though, before that thing goes away.
2: So they well, went on of off the Smog
0: and Farsight goes back to the ship, and mind you, at this point, Farsight was well beyond the natural lifespan of a Tau. They were already used longevity... Uh, surgeries and stuff and treatments to keep him alive but he's an old guy at this point he's very 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 old like, probably the oldest Tao alive
3: at this point <laughs> he's the uh, clint eastwood of the Tao society he just <laughs> won't just go. Like, get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> yeah he comes back
0: and they discover that he looks like he's like in his prime years again He he doesn't look young anymore. He's still the same on the inside. He looks in a mirror and he has like a Bilbo Baggins moment where he's like, "I feel so stretched, like butter on bread." And he doesn't say that specifically, obviously.
3: But I would have been kind of (laughs) weird.
0: He he, he feels he feels old, but when he looks himself in the reflection, he looks young. And when he's fighting with the Dawnblade and killing things, he feels really good. (laughs) And that goes away after he's fighting things, obviously. And yeah, he has no idea that the Dawnblade is what's extending his lifespan uh but it's said that if he were to ever found out he would probably kill himself apparently that's not like that's just a theory that they say but this like official lore theory i guess i think some people think the Dawnblade is like has necron background it's not confirmed though last i checked so i'd like to think it was something like before that even would be cool i guess necrons are like the kind of the beginning doesn't matter so yeah they find that out and then ovesa wants to study it and Farsight's. Like, uh, again, Bill Bagans. Why should I give it to you? It's mine, my own, mine. And he doesn't let I have it, because it's his. But he decides that that's enough fighting for him. He's caused the death of three Ethereals. And that basically means, like, he expects to be fully uh, exiled for this and killed. And he has to go through, like, this trial thing. But he doesn't. None, none of that actually happens. He does go. Into exile, though, for a time, because having three ethereals die under your command is like the most ultimate horrible failure ever. Even though he's found out the truth of these ethereals, and he now that he knows the truth of the ethereals, unlike Horus, he doesn't want to spark an entire huge rebellion, because he still believes in the Tau va He still wants the greater good to flourish and the Tau race to do well. So instead of sticking around and telling someone, he tells no one. And he goes into exile, and he waits to die, basically just living, hunting, and chilling in the Viorland, like wastelands and whatever. Uh, and then he doesn't die, and he's all—he just keeps living, and so he comes back. All right, I've already talked about them a little too much, and I stole some of Hal's uh, stuff, but I'm gonna let him talk about his favorite characters in the Eight now.
1: Yes, these are kind of like the uh, like the Fellowship of the Ring in a way. I hate to say it, but. Uh i had to get that reference in there because i do it's the tower saying
3: potatoes boil them
1: mash them stick them in a stew we all know that's from sorry what was the what was the uh i said war crime what was the law crime uh you did andy with that trek <laughs> sure. oh
2: god i forgot about that that I mean. is not a small mistake
3: <laughs> they were both it's talking unreal. about food and their fantasies <laughs> related
1: that was egregious. Uh, not as <laughs> egregious as some of these names that we're going to go through here. So I picked two of my favourites to go with. So uh, Eli has mentioned them a couple of times, I think just a few of them. But the ones I'd chosen was, uh, sorry for the pronunciation, boys. This is going to be atrocious, but it's Ob Low Tie 9-0. And this one's a pretty unique kind of uh, member of the eight because... He is one of uh, Farsight's honor guard and he is in a broadside battle suit, but there's no one in it. <laughs> there's absolutely no one in it. Uh, this thing is empty, kind of like the jokes on this channel. Um, <laughs> and this uh, one, I know, I, can, I know. Oh, I'm hilarious. True, true. Um, this one is a AI engram of the original uh, owner, which was actually the original Ob- low tie. So this is essentially just a robot. And obviously, any Imperium boys out there know this would be very heretical, uh, pretty terrible. But uh, and that one's pretty cool, to be fair, because it's kind of like the member that doesn't really fail you, so he's pretty good old reliable. The other one I chose was also Torchstar. Not gonna lie, entirely based on the name, because Torchstar just sounds pretty cool. Uh, this one is because it's like the youngest member of the kind of crew. I d I wanna say followers the ring, but it's really, they're not going to any Mordor right. uh, in this uh, lore, unfortunately though. But this one was actually a Tao defector. He's also known as, I might, again, I might, sorry for the names. So sorry people, but uh, Violan, I think, who is, it's kind of in, obviously like most Tao names are related to like their jobs or like what they've, you know, achieved. And I think it was something to do related. Uh, sorry, I mean, oh, I'm flubbing all my words here. It's related to how she would emulate hundreds. So uh, take that as you will, because obviously Torchstar, you know, torches, torches people? Torture, torches, as in like actual torch. Uh, sorry, YouTube, don't get burned. angry at me. Burned. And apparently she has like fire tattoos across her body, which is obviously, uh, that's pretty cool. And I'll pass it over to Eli quickly.
2: You're forgetting the most important aspect, Hal. I'll go for it. She's a female Tau, which means you look up her name and ooh, the first uh,
1: ooh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: And, and the first Disgusting. image will be will be canon art and then immediately after that tao tits, as far as it's the even, eye. It's can even see.
0: worse because there is no canon art of
2: one little picture. I looked it up. There's there's a picture of her battle suit, and then it yeah. immediately goes to tits. <laughs> oh <Yeah>.
1: thanks, Warhammer <laughs> fans. Thanks. Uh... Um. At least she has cool tattoos, though, to be fair. And I'll pass over to uh, Eli to fill out the rest of this Elite yeah. Fellowship.
0: I mean, I did mention them <clears throat> mostly already. There's not much more to say, but, I mean, I, it is interesting to say that Torchstar, uh, to my knowledge, at least, he arrived in an Orca dropship that was owned by Shi. So not all the Ethereals hate Farsight. Aunshi seems to be on his side, which was, was an Ethereal from Viorlas. He's a G. Uh, anywho. Shavastos is the dreadnought guy. We talked about him a little bit. He has the big power fist. He destroys a titan at one point. In the new lore, he fights off a tear and a titan with his big fist. So he does a lot of a lot of fisting, you could say.
1: God, he's like carrying the entire setting, isn't he, at this point, then? Apparently.
0: apparently um, yeah, there's not much more to say about the rest, if I'm being honest. Alakon is just a commander guy who's really smart. Shavastos is the guy with the pure tide, Ingram chip in his brain. Bravestorm is the dreadnought guy. Brightsword is the cloned guy. Yeah, we talked about them. They don't, they don't have as much lore as you'd want, but I mean, there's eight characters that they have to like sl- slush into books. so You can't be that picky, I guess. Ovesa is the main scientist. He gets a Riptide battle suit, which we'll talk about shortly here for the lore. They
2: have very, like, anime side character energy, yeah, where, like...
0: Extremely, <laughs> extremely so.
2: If they develop these characters, how will they have the time to write more Cato Sicarius books?
0: Yeah, truly, truly.
2: I, Cato Sicarius, uh, am
1: not a side character.
0: <laughs> He's the main character of 40k, don't you know?
1: True, true. I feel like we need, like, the TTS boys just to come in here to scream, uh, just for not- Hey, like- Kato Sicarius! Oh my god, I hated that.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't know my voice grew that high, did you? <laughs> no,
0: not <laughs> you. I, Christ. I think I did I'm... forget to mention uh, a while ago that uh, the Ethereals killed Farsight's pilot, Lee Mountang, who was just like this old, nice guy. When he said that he had some criticisms for them, they never got to talk about it in the future because uh, they showed Farsight some poorly photoshopped footage of his Manta being struck by a missile, but the missile, like, Curves randomly and goes into the <laughs> ship and then explodes like five seconds later so they're like no that what
3: reminds I me f- of it? it just it just made me think of that episode of south park where it's like japan and it's if it was just like see and it's the the like the bombers with like the dolphins and the wings and the pilot seats i don't know why i thought about that <laughs> oh man yeah Which... you'd
0: think with tau technology they could make better uh fake death videos but mm. I guess
1: not. Who's the, uh, like, Warhammer equivalent of Cartman? <laughs> if, that, know, if that should South even Park be well said, if that should even be said in a sentence, uh, that's pretty cursed.
2: Can I have a confession? You've never watched South Park, have you? I don't watch I've, South Park, I'm I've a never Simpsons fan.
1: Bro, we're on the other side of the of the Atlantic and we've yeah, seen well, it. The
2: Simpsons is a much better show than South Park. I don't, I don't or watch at least, it, At least it was until it
3: started eating shit. <laughs> uh, it used to be
2: and then it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> and then after the simpsons movie everything went downhill
3: i remember
0: so, i didn't know it was south park reference i uh, no no. don't sorry i don't, I don't watch uh, south park either so i didn't get it remember <laughs> <Denver laughs> berries
1: oh god we should probably we're, we're far far side. Side. If we have a far sight viewers are
0: two hours in and we're talking about south park and simpsons um, a so South um went into exile which is where we left off i believe Um, And then he didn't die because he had the Dawnblade and so he lived forever. He left the Dawnblade in his bath suit back behind in Ovesa's workshop type place, but he left its shield generator on uh, as a symbol to, like, not touch it. It's mine. He saw the signs of a Tyranid invasion starting, though, on his planet. I don't think he really knew it was Tyranids at the (laughs) time. Just a guy being nibbled by a really small
3: one like that doesn't (laughs) look good.
0: (laughs) Well, like like the floor and stuff was exploding and doing all the weird alien stuff that happens to planets when Tyranids show up. Um, and so Firesight returns uh, in the, his people's time of dire need. And they do the DNA tests and whatever, and they're all hyped that Firesight's back, and he's somehow like 200 years old. I don't know if he's that old by that point, because his eight are also still alive. I don't know how half of them stay alive because they're not dreadnoughts or AI, but
3: just let it happen, I'll, I
0: guess. Not the end characters because...
3: anyone cares about. <laughs> <Just> yeah,
0: <laughs> sure that's how. Them. Ovesa, it's said uh, that he just takes drugs, and it keeps him alive.
2: <laughs> I... chad
0: yeah <laughs> so that works but the high fleet invades violas not Viorla, his home planet Viorlas, the other one um i couldn't find which high fleet it actually was so just just tyranids just antics uh but the tyranids invade the planets and everything's going badly because it's a tyranid invasion obviously uh farsight's mounting the best defenses that he can and he's killing them pretty well but he's finding that his moth Ka strategy of eliminating leader beasts doesn't, uh, it's not really doing the job because they just make more leaders and big monsters and they send them back down. So everyone's dying and everything's going very bad. And kind of as a last ditch effort, he plans a cowyon, which is the patient hunter uh, ambush tactic, with Ovesa and four of his earth Earthcast. He, him and his eight stay behind as the rest of the planet is evacuated and they stay in this secluded science research base place where the earthcast scientists work tirelessly to find a way to destroy this entire high fleet and after 12 days i think it said something like that the tyranids find them and they start their assault on this little science base so this is they have like an hour left before they're all gonna die so they have to you know go fast uh, the guy in the Riptide dies. I don't know who he was. I think he's just some random guy who far I liked at the time, but he's dead. So Ovesa jumps in the Riptide and starts kicking butt as the four Earthcast scientists finally finish their project and the eight would evacuate the planet on a big manta.
2: They <laughs> yes. evacuate.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. boo! On, boo, uh, boo. Farsight one v one's a hive tyrant, and Bravestorm kills a a bio titan. So that's cool. So they leave. The Earthcast scientists sacrifice themselves and are eaten and torn to bits. Very dead. But their sacrifice was not in vain because the Earthcast scientists placed a time released necrotic poison inside themselves, and when it went to the I don't know DNA gene pools or whatever of the Tyranids, I don't remember what they're called. Um, It spread to the High Fleet ships, and they could see in space this black goop eating the Tyranids alive, and they basically, like, 1v1 did entire High Fleet with just four dudes and eight guys in battle suits. It's a bunch of goofballs. They sure did it, though.
1: In a spicy Uh, pond
3: as well, with a little... uh... It's like the idea that the Tyranid would like, I've got a bit of an upset stomach. Oh. Going go like the Tyranid doctors, it's like what's going on? And just vomiting weird, oozy mm. stuff that kills them. Like, oh. What have you been eating? The towel. Oh figures, yeah, yeah. It's coming out from
1: both ends. The towel. Oh my god. <laughs> so
3: sorry, boys. I've got the weeb sickness. Ugh. <laughs> So it's
0: pretty high Farsight's back. He's deeply moved by the sacrifice of the Earth Cast and his kinda of, his flame is reignited, his leadership is reignited, and he rebuilds Vior Loss and kinda of bools for a while with his buddies, you know, retaking planets, fixing up everything, building monuments on the Earth Cast planet for all the guys who sacrificed themselves. So it's a pretty good time. After this, uh the timeline is just Farsight fights a bunch. He goes back to the Tao Empire, I think two or three times to help them fight. I believe he goes back to help them fight against the Tyranids, and he also obviously goes back to help them fight in the third... I don't know if it's the third. Third or second Damocles Gulf Crusade conducted by the White Scars and the Raven Guard, and I believe the Ultramarines are also there. As I told these guys, they're lucky because I didn't get to read the whole book, sadly. I only got to read the first one, which doesn't have Farsa in it. So this episode will only be two and a half hours instead of three and a half hours more viewers.
3: white scars are cool of course Khan is a beast uh, Shadow hey, Sun it's, Ooh, uh. it's,
0: the, the first book is pretty good though it kind of looks into uh, Shadow Sun's view of Farsight as, he, as he's a traitor and gives a little bit of on vow and stuff Shadow Sun and Kossorokan I think that's how you say his name are, play kind of cat and mouse but it's more like cat and cat where they're just trying to kill each other The Khan actually does, basically kills Shadow Sun, he like stabs her, he slashes her in the chest and pierces her heart and she goes unconscious, and he glacks her buddy in the stealth suit. So that was, give him some credit, he's a cool guy. The Khan, baby! Yeah, Uh, they do have a lot of bite Mm -hmm. charges against gun lines, which, I mean, to their credit, sometimes kind of works, but... At the same time, like what
3: you gotta the get heck? your adrenaline rush somehow, you know. After a yeah. while, you know, circus rides don't do it anymore.
0: <laughs> the Ca are also there, which is cool. Um and yeah, like I said, I unfortunately don't know the whole story. Sad times, but far side does show up um as the Imperials are kind of wrecking the Tao Empire as they do because Imperium is better.
2: Not gonna lie. They're more powerful though, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, they, have, they have more industry is what they have. Yeah. They
0: have more industry points and in the town, more science points. But when you're in
3: a pecs, bigger abs, they, they bigger used to muscles. have
2: more they used to have more science points. Yeah. Now yeah. light bulbs are the fucking mystery. Yeah.
3: <laughs> why, but when you you're in science, has... when you can just headbutt your opponents to death, you know, it's easy.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> when your opponent has a galaxy spanning empire, and the Tau only have, like, I don't know, a few solar systems. You know, it's not exactly an even
3: fight. Like the United States of America going against Sealand. Like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but, yeah, Farsight does show up, and he helps them, and he, he literally rescues them and saves them. And in this battle, I believe he fights with an Eversaur assassin, which explodes and almost kills him. I believe he fights with who, actually? And Strider kills a Vindicare assassin... And Shadow Sun fights against a Alex Calidus and a Calyxus. I'm trying to remember all the assassin names. Christ. There's New ones now too. Um, Aren't they the, the
3: uh,
1: are they the ones which like? Don't the Eldar describe one of those assassins as, like the most heinous thing that's ever existed?
3: Yeah, probably the
1: episode? Uh, episode. No, yeah. If uh, <laughs> those, if those know, things are pretty messed up, like in yeah. for like newbies to Warhammer, these assassins are literally like the most heinous like purge of. There's nothing good about them. They're just the worst thing humans can create. And the tower, like <laughs> people yikes. are like,
3: I'm around the Sisters of Silence. They make me feel a bit iffy. And then there's these guys, and they're like, I want to pull off my face. Ah, they're not nice to be around. Yeah, so these assassins are pretty cool. Uh, and
0: Anvar dies in this conflict. I don't think Faisai actually knows that he dies, though. Both, uh, like, I think only pretty, pretty much Shadow Sun knows that the tower, or sorry, that Anvar dies. The Tal Reis doesn't really know that Aounva dies, because it's a big deal, so they kind of just keep him as a hologram to pretend that he's okay uh, to not, you know, create cataclysmic consequences for the Empire because their um, glorious leader has perished. But Shadow Sun is sent out to hunt Farsight as well. He's, she's woken up at first, I think, to hunt him, and then the she conducts the fights on Angrelan Prime and all that. And she does find Farsight, and she lets him know that she's going to hunt him wherever he goes, but she does let him escape and live thanks shadow son she also at the beginning of the expansion destroys a statue of farsight which farsight saw in a vision a long time ago when he touches the warp drive on the scarlord ship so that was a cool little tie so after that farsight goes back to the farsight enclaves and the war of daca continues because the orcs don't just leave like that they're back and they're having a good time the alpha legions also monitoring all of this because why wouldn't they they're the alpha legion and they're yeah, there. just observing going this is fun
3: look at this yeah <laughs> hey.
0: we are in arcs of omen lore now so the new stuff Ooh. which is pretty exciting let's see farsight basically he's just fighting orcs for a while he sees a vision come out of a orc weird boy which is odd and it's just more like corn stuff basically uh, but Nazdrag is the big mech war boss who's the big bad guy now And Nazdraig is making these things called Telefragas, which, from what I can understand, is like a portal gun, kind of, but, like, on an artillery scale, so you shoot something and then it teleports it into the warp, and he's, like, mass producing these to just blow up planets, and teleport chunks of planets into the warp, which is kind of fun.
1: That is cool. Is that, like, is that, like, a reference that there's, like, a potato battery somewhere here as well, (laughs) if it was done portal? (laughs) for real... Oh, man.
0: But, yeah. Um, the war is still going on. Farsight Enclaves obviously don't have a lot of resources and a lot of reinforcements other than the odd defectors that they get and then, you know, the generations of Tau that go by because Tau don't, don't live for that long, like I said before. Farsight learns of these Telefragas and launches a Montcalm on the planet which Nasdrag is on. He battles with the Orcs for a time and tries to lure Nasdrag out, which actually works, but he has <laughs> this crazy technology and he turns it on, and he makes this big giant portal, and he teleports, he drives his truck, his like war truck, through this portal, and it lands in the middle of the workshop that Farsight and the Eight are invading and trying to destroy the Telefragas. They have a big battle, and if I remember correctly, Nazdraig is killed by Farsight, um, and all the Eight are wounded pretty badly, but it works out. Unfortunately, before they can retake the planet and destroy all the bad things, they've discovered a fleet of Chaos Space Marines in orbit, and one—they have the Ark of Omen, or a Ark of Omen. I'm actually, War Crime Confession. I barely know what the Arcs of Omen are. I know that they're big ships, but that's about it. Yeah, I, no, I think Vashkall
3: made them and was like, "Hey, Abaddon, cool ships, yeah huh? He's like, "Yeah," and then Absom's like, here yeah, lieutenants have these big ships to do stuff." Like, pimp yeah, my ride, um, but Amberdon <laughs> Yo, dog, <laughs> I, hate, I hate you
1: wanted an Ark of Omen. <laughs> I got you an Ark and an Omen. Jeez. You get an Ark of Omen.
3: And you get an Ark uh-huh. of Omen.
0: <laughs> they, um, the Alpha Legion, though, are posing as Death Watch. They're on a Death Watch ship. They've infiltrated it pretty well. They're working for this guy called Lord Glass, and they're shadowing the... They're shadowing Farsight. Uh, they want him to go to Arthas Moloch. I, th- I think they just want him to conduct this big... To get everyone to fight there so that the Alpha Legion can go in and steal this key for the Ark of Omen. Which also, they're working for Vastor, but also this Demon Prince guy, Oogalax, who has the Ark of Omen, is working for Vastor, I thought? So I don't really know why Vastor wants the Alpha Legion guys to get the key and not Oogolax to get the key. Don't ask questions, I guess, it's the Alpha Legion. I'm hilarious. Yeah, Farsight regrettably leaves because he can't fight all the orcs and the chaos, they're already low on manpower, things aren't going so well. He decides that he's going to launch a Khaoyon on both the forces, and they're the bait, they're going to go to Arthas Moloch and try to lure them in to fight each other, and they're going to set their base of operations up on the Star Deus as a last like, resort option to summon all the corn Demons and just kill everyone, basically. He actually sends a message to the Tao Empire, which was really cool. He he sends it straight to the Ethereals, and he offers a surrender of himself if they will come and help their people, and he begs them and he hopes that they haven't completely abandoned their Tao, the Tao people, even though Farsight has kind of abandoned them. So, you know, he offers contrition, says that he'll sacrifice himself and offer himself up for surrender if they send aid. Uh, and he hopes that that works. It takes a long time for Tau things to go through space, so he doesn't get to know till a bit later. So they head to Arthas Moloch and they set up shop. And things really don't go very well. There's, it's like a cataclysmic war. There's titans and knights and orc gargants and like air fleets and it's it's crazy. Tower fighting where they can and surviving when they can. And people are starting to get a little, a little sus, a little more bloodthirsty than tower is supposed to. Which is kind of sketchy. Farsight- oh, sorry. Albatai and Bravestorm both take critical damage and are out of the fight. Albatai takes- is an AI, so it doesn't really matter that much. Um, but Bravestorm is, has to be taken out of his Iridium battlesuit in his like life support system and placed in stasis until they can get him a new one. And the seventh generation of Brightsword is killed uh, as he sacrifices himself. So they have to make a new clone later on, but that hasn't happened yet. Farsight gets a message back from the Ethereals, and they say no unsurprisingly, because they're kind of jerks. And Farsight is not happy, to say the least. He gets flashes of anger and, like, murder, and, like, killing the Ethereals, and he, this makes him feel good. He's, throughout the time on Arthur's Moloch, the Tower, is seemingly being corrupted by corn, which is neat. Throughout the whole Arcs of Omen book, there's really wacky, like, pictures of Tau with weird mechanical bits coming out of them, and they're screaming, and they're looking all chaos It's cool. I don't know, Farsight also has a new battle suit at this point uh which is called a supernova battle suit it still has his cold star ai in it she just has a new name now i don't really know what it does but he has the amulet of arthas malik the hexagrammaton thing in his battle suit which is neat still using the sword because the sword is cool and he likes it why would he get rid of it (laughs) so now after getting this news of the ethereals he's very angry and he does a whole bunch of stuff so i'll read this little paragraph from the book because he does uh, i don't know it kind of shows off how good of a warrior he actually is let's see on a more personal level oshova's anger saw him lead the most dangerous offensive never one to command from the rear lines still farsight's sheer aggression bred disquiet amongst those who had known him longest even as it inspired his line warriors to greater heights of aggression it was farsight who met Sledrak, the swordsman blade to blade amidst the burning wrecks of the ghoul Tor offensive and lopped off the slaneshi champion's head it was Farsight, too, who cut his way onto the command bridge of Captain Frege Stampa, Direcca, and drenched the war engine's controls in the warboss's blood. Fighting his way to the heart of the traitors Vostok 816th and hacking down their commanding tyrant, felling Baronis, Nyktar's knightly steed, an uh, infernal tormentor, then claiming Nyktar's head, serving as a lure to draw Warboss Dakbad Badaka into a murderous Tau crossfire. Farsight was ever at the forefront of the fighting and the crimson hue of his battles did little to hide the blood that spattered it from sensor head to toe. Damn. So he's booling pretty hard.
1: Was this all in like an 80s montage where like the yeah, music was like blaring? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Brutal. Yeah, so Farsight's ramping it up a bit and he's starting to get a little too fond of fighting, I think, and a little too bloodthirsty. Let's see. The Tao they actually finds the key though for the Ark of Omen. The Alpha Legion guys have the coordinates already. Ooh, Glax doesn't know where it is, so he's just looking. He, by the way, he brought. I think he's part of the Black Legion. i well, maybe not. He's just a guy, I think. But he has World Leaders and Thousand Sons and Word Bearers with him. So this is like a very sizable force of Chaos Space Marines and a very sizable force of Orbs. So it's, it is like a classic apocalypse war with all the crazy stuff going on. The Tout find it, though. They don't know what it is, so they just leave it there because, uh, you know, they're busy fighting this desperate war. So the stealth team just like, leave, and I don't know, kind of quarantine it off, say, don't touch that because it's all crystally and gross-looking. But the Alpha Legion guys hear this up in space. They kill the loyalist Death Watch guys that they're with and go down to the planet and take the key and leave. And that's it for their story. Farsight starts to realize that this is their last chance to survive the war. So he tries to, he orders a retreat to the Star Deus, where they're all going to get picked up by the air cast and ferried off as their carry-on is done and they're getting the two forces to fight each other. The retreat goes kind of badly though because the Tau are en masse seemingly being corrupted by chaos at least a little bit because it's, it describes how the Tau are. Unusually bloodthirsty, and unlike them, they're letting the foe get very close, and some even break ranks and like charge into battle against world eaters, corn berserkers, which is insane. They obviously lose immediately, but you wouldn't expect that from
3: a tau. Start saying so, hooves for the hoove god What are you yeah, talking uh, about? Oh lord!
1: What are you doing? It's, yeah, it's like a teddy bear charging like a fully grown adult, yeah. and it's just get like you know, look like at that spiral and just kicks it as far as you can.
2: Hey man they they gave they gave their all they tried they did, they did in fact they try should, they probably shouldn't have tried but they tried
0: yeah they, the the Tao are it is pretty subtle Arthur's Mola clearly has an effect on the Tau, and the warp clearly can touch Tau, even if they don't really know they don't know what it is yet they still think it's mind science they still use the words mind science so Far sight still doesn't completely understand chaos even though he knows it exists but yeah. So th- we've, oh yeah so we
1: I have what? a quick question do you think that's because the Farsight enclaves are not necessarily oppre- like, oppressed by the ethereals, that like they're a bit more like obviously you have to feel more emotion to be connected to the warp. So, do you think maybe the Farsight enclaves, the Tao who live in that, are a bit more emotional? So, maybe there's a bit more of a pull there, maybe, Elaine? Yeah, I can
0: see that they're not under the influence of the Tauva, which yeah, is seemingly maybe- its own warp
3: entity. <laughs> I like the idea that the freer they get, the more uh, susceptible they are to the corruption from chaos. Like, ah, oh, we're not being controlled by yeah. the Eerils. Who wants this? Mm, chaos. That's the whole
0: idea behind imperial zealotry. Like, nah, they, they nah, pray, nah, nah, they nah, pray nah, to nah, the nah, Emperor so that no, 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 so that this they can't hear whatever,
2: a good whatever else
0: is going to whisper no, at
2: no, back you don't, in them. You don't get to vary back and forth between the Emperor's a God, <laughs> but also no, it's not this. No, it doesn't work like uh, that. You got to pick one. It's one or the other.
0: Yeah, in the in the yeah. Gene serial cults I'm pretty sure the guy said that they pray to the Emperor so they don't hear the voices of everything else that talks to them.
2: Oh yeah, so
0: it's pretty important to be a zealot in the Imperium. Otherwise if, if they weren't all zealots, the entire system would crumble and they'd turn to chaos and
3: also killing you.
0: But there's your answer to the random to all the people who wonder why the Imperium is so zealous. It's actually quite necessary. We go now to the final battle on the Star Dias which the Tao have been leading their enemies to. And Farsight waits till the last second and lets the world eaters and orcs close in on the dais as they shed blood. Demons appear once again and start causing carnage. Farsight has like a literal demon prince moment though. And let's see, we can can read that because it's cool. Sure, sure, We'll, we'll read like a couple paragraphs here. What use would such a puissant destroyer have for orderly strategies or cowardly retreat, he asked himself. Farsight was suddenly disgusted by his own plan to flee, to leave the battle and glory to others. Why did he always have to be the one to make such sacrifices? Why were those he led, and those who had once led him, all such weak creatures that weight fell ever upon his shoulders? The resentment rose in Farsight like bile. Requests for orders and cries for aid crackled, tinny and feeble. Through the Cadranet, and he desired nothing more than to tear his way out of his command cocoon to escape them. He leapt and fought, hacked and cut, yet even as Begel and Goyla and Molokites all fell beneath his blade, still Farsight's rage grew. There would be no retreat. What right did his followers have to expect salvation from him? He saw many of them, through the swirling smoke and the thunder of blossoming explosions, laying down hails of fire or charging madly into their own fights. He was glad. Let the strong survive, Farsight thought. Perhaps they would be worthy to fight on in his shadow. He meanwhile would finally fight only for himself. He would fight alone, the way of the, Mon- the Monat, the Army of One. It was that thought that cut through b- the blood madness Claudian Farsight's mind. Old Commander Puretide had three great pupils, Oshazea, the cunning huntress, Oshova, the swift keen blade, Kaes, the loner, the one who stood and fought apart from even his own Talarissa bondmates. Fireside had never understood case's methods and had always pitied the lone Tau on some level for he would never understand the bonds of loyalty or duty that gave battle battleless purpose and then Farsight felt all better
2: <laughs>
3: yay <laughs> oh, yeah, he... kool aid <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: cool that he just was like no i'm 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 ignoring the the corn thoughts in my head I'm ignoring mm. the corruption it can go away now
0: yeah before this though yeah he has a he has a vision where the dawn blade is replaced by a colossal axe more befitting his station as a bloody-handed lord of war skulls rattled on chains against his gore caked armor amongst them those of every ethereal who had ever lied to him or his people
2: Ooh, yeah. that'd be pretty cool yeah, to be fair. wonder where that vision came from
0: Mm-hmm. so yeah we see farsight very very touched by corn in this book in the arcs of omen which is pretty cool uh yeah, and it's cool to see that he resists it Otherwise, he would just get turned into a demon prince, chaos lord, and you know he would be less of the good guy that he is, which would kind of suck. I don't know as cool as chaos is. In the end, they're still just slaves to the dark gods. You got to admit, they. side, though. Yeah, that's right. They do escape uh, Arthas Moloch, though, thankfully, and he orders his eight, well five at this point, because three are wounded or dead, um, and he keeps. He tells them that they're not allowed to fight anymore because they're also losing it to the bloodlust, and they ferry off. All the fire warriors and fire cats that they can and get off the planet. And then, you know, the I believe the orcs release a big warp blast on the star dais and destroy it. And later they come back after a long time because um, they actually see the Chaos Space Marines leaving the system as uh, I guess they discover that the key isn't there anymore. Um, so they leave the Tau Arch Pursued and the Orcs follow the Chaos Space Marines to battle them. So they get out pretty unscathed in the end, other than like the bajillion casualties they take
3: on the planet. But It's like the idea of the Orcs just being like, Where are you going? Come back! Right? We're not <laughs> finished fighting yet, come mm-hmm. on! <laughs> yeah. So things things work out in
0: the end. It wasn't like a, it was a very Pyrrhic victory for Farsight, but him and the Enclaves do survive to fight another day, and they think they're kind of always struggling and clinging to life for what they can. I don't know i guess on she needs to send them some more help that'd be nice but they do go back to arthas Moloch again after everything is destroyed And i think farsight just wants clarity because ovesa asks him like why don't we just send the earth cast and we can you know take our life signs and investigate these anomalous life signs and energy spectra and whatever um but farsight doesn't want to i think he wants closure and he feels that something about the planet has changed he back and he's finds the star deus destroyed and a weight is lifted off of his shoulders because there's no more demonic corruption on the planet, it seems. In the time, though, time does seem to move faster. Or decay moves faster on the planet and they find the war gear to be rusted and all the bodies to be like, completely de- decomposed. But in the end, in an orc skull, he finds a little green sprout of plant and he starts to find them in more places around the planet. So there is still hope. For Arthas Moloch and the Farsight Enclaves. And that's all. The yeah. end. Ooh. Damn. He's been through a lot.
1: I, I think his story's like quite... It's weird to say about an, like a Xenos, but he feels very... Like a lot of the characters in Warhammer are pretty like... And then he just like giga-chatted up and then he just uh-huh. won the day. Whereas Farsight feels like he just struggles with it. Like he's always... Mm-hmm. He doesn't always... It's nice that he doesn't always win. And he's yeah. always actually human. It's very bit bizarre to compliment him that way, but he feels very human,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like an actual battle rather than a one-sided character. Not an yeah, archetype an of character. his faction.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, like this, he's not. You know, it's not. This is a you know a white scar. He is this, this, and this. Does he yeah. have other character traits? No, they're all the same person, just with different names. How dare you! Naked jab at
3: my beloved White Scars. How
1: dare you? Name one character that isn't fast in the White Scars. I'll <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Moving
2: on. <laughs> that was uh
1: that was really good though. Thank you, Eli. That was, um, I think, definitely because I'm having to tackle Farsight myself in the future, and I'm I'm hype because his story is pretty uh pretty good, isn't it though? I I think compared to like a lot of the characters we talk about here, they're like oh it's like a lot of characters are neat, but Farsight is probably like now top ten for me. Yeah. I'd say. He's-
3: I do have a question though uh, about Tao in re- uh, Tao and the relation of Farsight, like because you you covered obviously a lot of lore about Farsight. How mu- if you were to approximate a percentage of all the lore there is for the Tau, how much of it is just Farsight?
0: Probably like literally half their lore. I yeah. <laughs> might not be completely right, but at least like 33% I'd say.
2: A very noticeable chunk.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well he's he's like the uh he's the
1: contrast, he's the, he is the depth though within that faction. Yeah. Uh, for people. He's the, his, yeah. he's the
0: only other side of the coin. Because the Tao side of the coin has like all their bunch of different characters, so they can't focus on them as much, mm-hmm. I guess, right? So yeah, I Tao have been right, getting a lot more love in the lore lately, I feel like, though. They've gotten a lot of books and stuff.
1: Well, we appreciate the, uh, or hopefully people who uh, like Farsight or like Tao have been appreciating the massive lore dump that we have just given them in their laps, because that was, oh. Quite hefty. Hefty. I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed it so far. And if you you want to leave this and you'll know exactly everything about Farsight, I think, which is, to be fair, Expert section, we did it. Uh, Eli did it. So uh, yeah, drop a comment below for people who uh, enjoyed that. Uh, Next time, guys, I think we're we're doing a little bit special something next time, aren't we, Colin? Would you (laughs) care to discuss the uh, next uh, topic?
2: I think I will. It's just that I have a confession and an apology. uh, Is what's coming next. Uh, the confession is that while Warhammer Fantasy is probably my favorite uh, fantasy setting, 40K is not my favorite science fiction setting. Uh, And uh, the apology is if you're hoping for anything resembling unbiased debate, you're going to be disappointed because we're going out on a, a new journey with our first Versus episode. You'll see You'll get more information about that when it comes out. And what we will be doing is the Spartan Twos versus the Space Marines. Woo! And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing but bias here. I'm not even gonna pretend like I'm gonna hide that fact.
1: It's gonna be a an argument, <laughs> an argument between friends. <laughs> At least one. Oh, At least. oh, it's heating up! It's just heating up. Just, oh, uh, just
2: remember, everyone. Space Marines die in droves, but Spartans never die. They just go missing in action.
3: <laughs> Re- propaganda, wait, wait. propaganda. Wait. I've you seen noble six is Oh right.
2: like, no, that's only for Spartan two. Spartan threes are fucking disposable. Yeah. Oh Lord. All right,
3: George. George died on the ship. He blew up. he, nope. was a Spartan he two. and then know. George and then you George
2: go. teleported away. Yeah, he's all better
3: uh, now. Even if he had a, big, even if he had a magnificent moustache, it doesn't count
2: no you know technically he did he did technically teleport away it was a slip space bomb just teleported (laughs) to hell yikes (laughs) well all this and more We'll save this we'll save this for our
1: our next uh video uh thank you all for listening uh hope you all enjoyed it and if you want to see particularly more see xenos don't sorry xenos don't really get the most amount of love sometimes in warhammer but if you want to see more xenos factions or more characters uh in that area, please let us know in the comments below. I um, beg
2: of you, please. More Zenos. <laughs> Eldar, Eldar, Eldar.
0: I think I probably has the most love out of all Xenos in the game. Probably. Right there.
1: And we just, we, we want to celebrate that because he deserves it,
2: 100%. Shout out to the Yanari for getting no love, negative <laughs> oh, love, pain. <laughs> right. pain, And the and avatar his, of awesome game. Skulls, was, All right.
1: <laughs> before we fight Avatar of Kane,
3: more like Avatar of Cuck Avatar hey. oh, you know, oh, of Lame was right there and he <laughs> talk. If this is what
2: the Versus is gonna be like I'm winning handily Okay <laughs> uh,
1: Thank you all so much for watching and listening and we'll catch you all next time
3: Bye, I love you Peace Take care right. everyone <laughs> 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 Oh dear